0: Thanks to Third Love for supporting Muller, she wrote. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com ag to find yours today. And thanks to Noom for supporting Muller, she wrote. Getting in shape isn't just about losing weight. It's about learning healthier habits and feeling better about yourself. Noom helps us learn how to develop new relationships with food. So sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash ag and thanks to Sagely Naturals for supporting Muller She Wrote. Sagely Naturals has superior standards for quality and ensures their CBD products are completely THC-free. Sagely Naturals has me feeling like my best self. Get 20% off your first order at sagelynaturals.com slash ag This is Sarah Kenzier from Gaslit Nation and you're listening to Muller She Wrote. Hello, and welcome to Muller She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G., and with me, as always, are Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. Uh, We have an immense show for you today. It's immense. It's hugely. Uh, First, I'd like to thank our patrons. Because of you, we're able to hire another person to join our team. Yay. And we can pay them well above minimum wage and offer them health benefits and paid vacations. So thank you for supporting this show and women in podcasting and the forthcoming Daily Beans, our new daily news podcast, coming in July. Stay tuned. (laughs) <laughs> uh if you're a patron you already hear it it's old hat for you fun but, intro uh, though i'm
3: excited for everyone else to hear that intro theme song yeah
0: <laughs> oh yeah that they might be giants theme song mm-hmm. it's good it's really good mm-hmm. i love it i love and I, I love the way that you place it with the, the oh words. yeah yeah that little bed that they made for yeah, us yeah it's bed. nice uh also guys we're coming to a city near you including minneapolis this weekend and Philly, July 17th, Chicago, July 27th. I'm still trying to hook up with John Cusack. We'll see what happens. <laughs> and, uh, San Francisco, August 30th. And we're about to announce Boston in November. Uh, details and ticket links are at mullershewrote.com. And by the way, it wasn't two days that we sold out the VIP for San Francisco. It was two hours. I saw what? someone tweet
3: that. How did they know that? They probably uh, were trying to get them three hours They in. went in
0: after two hours and they couldn't get oh, them. And, wow. then, and then I, it was actually, and I looked at the picture that I sent to the, to our agency to find out did we really and they were like yeah and i re-looked at the picture and it was two hours not two days Damn. i got him, wow I, I couldn't even register in my head that it would have been two hours that's yeah. awesome Ah, uh, san francisco we love you yay <laughs> and we're coming to the independent which is a really cool venue yeah I am, From what I hear.
1: Yeah. Like I said, we're about to announce a show in November.
3: <laughs>
0: and then we just like didn't. An
1: embedded <laughs> announcement. Boston. <laughs> An upcoming announcement.
3: It's like when you have plans to have plans. Yeah. 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 It's a wicked show. The I'm wicked show. I'm
0: about to announce I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not gonna. Yeah. Uh, this week we have Hamat Mehta. He, uh, he's the friendly atheist. Uh, we have him on for the interview uh, because we had God on. So I figured we had to do a uh, equal time for the atheist. That's fair. And uh, we're guests this week on the latest Skullduggery podcast, as well as the God Show podcast brought to you by God. <laughs> uh, and we recorded a movie review of the 1985 film Clue with the host of Gaslit Nation uh, this weekend. So look for that on their feed soon. We're, we're doing this Resistance Cinema.
3: Yeah, we've been busy.
0: Yeah, that was fun.
3: Yeah, that was amazing. All of that with this Cold Duggery guys, God was great.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, the girls I like Gas. I we were doing Nation. a flu review and we just ended up in a Russia conversation. A big Russia conversation. Yeah. A good one. Yeah, that yeah. was a good one. You it definitely was. listen
1: to it once that comes out.
0: Yeah, it was fun. And then I'm like. Hey, can we get back to the movie? Cause, uh, I was doing this one. So I didn't want to talk about Russia for a minute. <laughs> and they're like, all right. Yeah. yeah no, there's um, so much fun. Yeah. Those ladies are great. Thank you, Andrea Chalupa. Thank you, Sarah Kenzie. You guys yeah, are amazing. They're so smart and articulate oh. and mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really great to, to just talk to them and listen to them. And, uh, uh was, uh, Andre was at our Brooklyn show. Mm-hmm. Yes, right? she was she on our came, panel. Yeah. On our panel for the Brooklyn show. She was great. Uh, well, guys, we have a lot to get to this week. So let's start with my favorite segment, corrections.
2: It's a mistake.
0: It's hard for me to say I'm sorry. Oh, I made a mistake. All right, guys, first, for clarification, the Stonewall Riot happened in New York City, not San Francisco. I don't know who said that. I, I said mean?
3: that. That's my bad. I'm the gay one. and Well, we're all a little gay, <laughs> I'm but the gay I'm the super gay one, and I got that wrong.
0: Yeah. Oh no, I'm super straight. I'm not even a little gay. Oh, I gotta turn in my <laughs> I rainbow knew that card. That was New York, but I didn't correct you. I, that's my bad. It's all, all We are all a little gay. I was kidding about that. I'm super straight. <laughs> I was part of the straight pride parade. That's boss right. This I saw you. Did you see Milo? Yiannopoulos was their guy, their parade guy. What do you oh, call That's Fucking hilarious. What do you call the head of the parade? The, like um, the marshal. He, yeah.
1: yeah, the the stomp mm. master the, general, the, the, um, the field
0: marshal, or something <laughs> like that he was there they picked him wow they picked a gay dude to be in charge of the gay pride well parade, he's or the, the worst pride gay dude
3: <laughs> ever so there you go
0: yeah he, yeah uh, he probably has more straight pride than straight people <laughs> so funny. yeah oh there are God. a lot of straight people though at the pride parade marching at the front too <laughs> yeah yeah which
1: is cool because they're allies and uh we love but allies. honestly milo is an ally to them <laughs> he's the only he's person i would refer to as
0: openly straight <laughs> 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 like, do you know what i mean like that's a good point point. Huh? and yeah. if
3: someone could like email us the name of of the person that leads the parade because it's a specific. I think name. it's a grand
0: marshal. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I was thinking
3: of like a marching band. There's another name for the person that leads, but they weren't a marching band. So. Oh
0: yeah. The, uh, with the yeah. scepter. Yeah. What do you the, call do? You know what they're called, Jordan? No Damn. Idea. The well, band leader. The Candyman.
1: Can. The Candyman candy can, Yeah. <laughs>
0: The guy with the stick with the yes. ball on the end of it. I
1: imagine it's a long peppermint
0: stick for oh, some reason. Oh, that's adorable. Why am I?
1: It's because I've only seen Macy's holiday parades. Either that or <laughs> Wizard scene. of Oz, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Like I only go to Christmas parades, so. <laughs> Christmas pride.
4: I
1: have a good life.
0: <laughs> uh, also, anesthesiologists are doctors, according to one of our amazing anesthesiologist patrons. Though he says doctors, a doctor's note like the one written for George Nader would normally come from a surgeon and not an anesthesiologist. Ah, oh, yes. yes. But they are doctors. I didn't know that. I didn't totally. know they were like full. I they thought make... they were like, uh, I'm totally going to insult all anesthesiologists right now, but I thought they were like x-ray techs or LVNs or I, th- no, I didn't they... know that. Interesting. They make
1: more than like everyone that was, is involved yeah. in an operation. I learned that from and Grey's they, Anatomy.
0: They actually deserve it. Cause, totally. Um, that's <laughs> the most dangerous part. Oh, yeah. Your <laughs> ass the is either dead or in immense <laughs> pain mm-hmm. if they mm-hmm. do their job wrong. Right. And that, I mean, that's the big, that's like everyone says, Ah, oh, you know, the surgery itself, no biggie. It be you know, the anesthesi- anesthesiologist part is always a a risk wow Mm -hmm.
3: i wonder like what approach they would yeah because grace anatomy was very vague about what they do um i remember the guys sitting and reading a magazine but like i'm sure they do like adjustments (laughs) like they probably just know when things go wrong what to do
0: Mm -hmm. oh yeah absolutely and they have to measure it and watch and check vitals vitals, yeah yeah. damn damn
3: thank you guys yeah thank you
0: to all the anesthesiologists yes (laughs) thank you doctor anesthesiologist yes doctor doctor Doctor, doctor. (laughs) Uh, Czechoslovakia ceased to be a country in 1993 when Slovakia and the Czech Republic amicably broke up in two different countries in what is called the Velvet Divorce. Whoa. Much like my former band, The Velvet Tongue, which we were talking about earlier this week. Uh, That piece of information sprang from our discussion of Cohen's phone being pinged in Prague. In 2016, the last time I was in Prague, I called it Prague, Czechoslovakia, because I was there in 1990. (laughs) Mm. So I, I was like, it's Czechoslovakia, you know. I like it. May I
3: say pained in Prague sounds like the weirdest porno name. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's,
0: we could yes, make it. Yes, it does. It. We actually, <gasps> <because> resistant <laughs> cinema. I immediately got a gross chill down my spine because that's where Nader was arrested no. uh, gross. and put in jail. Disgusting Ugh. human being. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, the term spearfishing is different from just fishing in that it's not an indiscriminate wide net that they cast. It's researched and tailored to convincingly fool a specific target. Nice. So mm. They specifically went after Podesta's shortcomings? I don't know. Yeah,
3: that explains the spear reference because it's like very focused mm-hmm. and pointed. And, yeah, yeah. Pointed. either that or you just don't
0: send it to a bunch of random email addresses. You send them specifically to these email addresses at like Hillary dot org or something. Right, right. Specifically tailored for those people or individuals
3: yeah what about like in the movie 300 when all the spears came at once though yes. like, that's a big spear fishing they were spear humaning yeah oh we should get that gift going from 300 at the, the end of the scene where they're shooting all the arrows at once
0: yeah i don't know that movie i <gasps> just i just am in love with the guy who stars in it Troy yes. Butler. yes this is sparta you never seen that no i know of it but you just <laughs> haven't seen it in i'm the not f- a sparta person I mean, no.
3: was just, well i went in not knowing what it was and i was
0: like whoa it's intense yeah yeah i took latin in high school that was enough for me like I get it. That's fair. That's
3: fair. I see yeah. what happened. A lot of Persians in that movie. I see what movie. happened here. I don't yeah, know. yeah. I like Persians, but it was just <laughs> yeah. like I was like, whoa, a lot of Persians. they really like rulers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Spoiler laughs> <falls.
0: laughs> <laughs> Oh, you told me. Oh, I can't watch Rome now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. i know I love Gerard Butler though. P.S. I love you is one of my favorite movies. Super yes. guilty pleasure, and that guy's super hot. He does my favorite S.N.L. sketch of all time, Beauty and the Beast. <gasps> yeah, that oh. was so good. It's seriously the best because it's it's a. it's a a comedic point of view I would have never thought to take Mm -hmm. and it's the simplest one where they're singing Beauty and the Beast and it's Kristen Mm Wiig and... He says, Oh, I can't wait for your the curse to be broken and you won't be a beast anymore. <laughs> oh shit. he thinks she's the beast. Yeah. That's hilarious.
1: She's like I'm sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I can see Boutina
3: being in this sketch if she ever wanted to appear in us like yeah. a beauty and the beast beast like remake for that.
0: That would I yeah, but Gerard Butler can sing a lot better. And so and so can Kristen Wiig, even though she was making fun of it, like she comes out and her first opening line is Tail as old as time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just in this really super bell <laughs> voice. Yeah,
3: yeah. I always called her Kristen Wiig. I'm so
0: sorry. It could be
3: wig. Well, two eyes makes, oh, is it two eyes or two G's? It's two eyes. Yeah, that sounds like wig. Could be. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh,
0: Another thing that you (laughs) did besides the stone wall in San Francisco was Mm -hmm. you called RGB RBG.
3: Oh, I always do that. Yeah. Yeah. But.
0: Or, uh, sorry, you called RBG RGB. Uh-huh. I just did it. Yeah, I was like, wait, a
3: Ruth Gator
0: Ginsburg. But we could change her name to Ruth Gator Binsburg. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Which I think rolls off the top Like Tigo
3: Like Tiggo is just like <laughs> yeah,
0: mix <laughs> it up a little bit. Binsburg. That's what she goes by. That's her new nickname. Um, she's totally for it, too, because, you know. Oh, yeah. Women. <laughs> uh, and finally, apparently cows do fart, uh, a veterinarian listener has told us. Wow. Right. But the burps do contribute to the climate crisis that's okay. true yeah what about female cows they she's fart? like having been a large animal veterinarian and being at the receiving end of cow farts <laughs> i guarantee you they fart oh my like, goodness oh, oh, I, God. I, somebody said they don't fart i, was like, I took it for I, th- I heard it on the john oliver show or yeah something. yeah well
3: that could have been yeah a joke now that i think about it
0: <laughs> yeah oh dang okay <laughs> fake cow fart news damn you, Oliver. Guys, thank you again for your corrections. Your constructive feedback means the world. If you have a correction, just head to mullershewrote.com, click contact, and then select corrections so you can build us our compliment sandwich. Uh, We will get it right eventually. All right, guys, let's get into this week's news with just the facts. All right, guys, this week, Turtle Dick Mitch McConnell blocked yet another bill in a raft of legislation intended to secure our elections from foreign interference in 2020 and on into modernity, into the future. Uh, these bills include a Dem measure, a Democrat measure that would send a billion or so dollars to state and local governments to assist them in securing their elections. And if you remember from the Mueller report, we just talked about this, I think, in part three, Mueller didn't investigate state and local election counts and left that to the FBI. He's like, well, although we know that the vote was probably hacked, we didn't look into this. <laughs> Why? Um, I thought that was your deal, but not his deal. He carved himself even a smaller little narrow piece of investigatory history. (laughs) Uh, And there are no federal protections for this, uh, you know, for voting uh, in, in the states and local state board of elections, state boards of election and stuff like that. So basically leaves the states to fend for themselves. And in states like Kentucky, where the Republicans in charge benefit from Russian interference, there's just a lack of incentive to fix it. So we now have the Republicans in the Senate blocking the funding. And then there was a bipartisan measure that would require internet companies like Facebook to disclose the purchasers of their political ads. <gasps> Scandalous for some reason. Turtle <laughs> Dick Mitch blocked it. Uh, another bipartisan bill was to codify cyber information sharing initiatives between intelligence services and uh, state election officials and provide incentives for adopting handmarked paper ballots. But McConnell is blocking that too. He's blocking them all, saying our state and local apparatuses are doing just fine and don't need any additional security. It's just fine. Nothing to see here, despite Mueller's findings that the 2016 elections were subject to sweeping and systematic interference by the Russians and probably six other countries. And uh, all 50 states were breached, um, guys. But <laughs> and no state behind. Totally fine. Yeah. It's all equal. <laughs> uh, it appears that our best hope is through congressional appropriations, where Democrats have a little more leverage because they control the House, meaning like a spending bill passed last week. Um, in a, in the relevant House subcommittee that could serve as an opening position, it contains $600 million for election security with a stipulation that if states want to access the money, they have to replace their direct recording electronic voting machines with a system that has individual durable voter verified paper handmarked ballots. That's a lot of uh, you requirements know, qualifiers. There, yeah, but, but I am all for this. They're all very important because and we talked to Jennifer Cohn on our show about the importance of handmarked paper ballots. Mm hmm. But we'll see what happens. So now they're just trying to put it in the budget. Yeah. And they're like, we're not going to pass a budget unless you give us some money for election.
3: And it's so much more personal. Perfection. Like, I want to leave a little cute little hand note, like, written note, Like, I don't know. I love you, Hillary. Like, 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 I heart Obama. <laughs> yeah. You ballot. Can just, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Personal comment. Will
3: you vote for me? Check yes, no. <laughs> just waste my vote. <laughs> Check
0: this box. Maybe. That's ranked choice voting. Yes, no, maybe. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this past Monday, Trump associate George Nader was arrested. Uh, As soon as he set foot foot back in the United States, he I think he landed at JFK for charges. These were charges filed in April of 2018 under seal for transporting child pornography. Really fucking disgusting child pornography. Uh, The time, it's all. I mean, I was gonna say yeah, but
3: totally like especially. But I figured,
0: like, I'm like, I'll just read this, and it's was ten times worse than I even imagined it could be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Anyway, the timeline of events here, according to public reporting and what we've learned from other sources is that in January of 2018, Nader was stopped at Dulles, right? This is back when uh, Mueller was stopping and frisking people Mm -hmm. at airports and private jets. I don't think he had a private jet, but he was stopped in Dulles, brought in for questioning, and he had three phones uh, on him, and they were seized. Nader provided three proffer sessions and one additional session that wasn't a proffer session, uh, answering questions posed by the Mueller team regarding the investigation into Russian interference. Uh, He was given partial immunity. For his testimony and remains one of the only figures in the investigation that was granted any kind of immunity that we know of at least and Meanwhile, a month later, uh, the FBI is dicking around with the phones. they finally broke into him and found a bunch of child pornography on one of his three iPhones God, a man. lot of it, like twelve videos um wow, and by then, Nader was done cooperating and had left the country so in April, they filed charges under seal for child pornography for transporting child pornography. Uh, And they filed it under SEAL so they wouldn't alert him wherever he was in the world that he was being charged Mm -hmm. because they figured he would destroy further evidence Mm -hmm. or avoid returning to the Mm -hmm. U.S. uh, or avoid arrest so he wouldn't be extradited. But he came back this week, um, didn't realize, I guess, that he was being charged with... didn't think the FBI would find the videos on one of his phones. Yeah. I bet he's just been living in complete
1: paranoia.
3: Oh, that's true but so. why would he come yeah. back, right, if that's the case? Yeah, I don't they know. thought he, thought he was
1: thought he fine since they in. didn't file oh, anything publicly.
0: Mm-hmm. It worked. Yeah, it <laughs> did work. Yeah. So he was picked up at JFK. He's being held without bail because he's a flight risk. He's got like a chalet in Lebanon and some other fucking chalet somewhere where rich assholes live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, he... I, I think in the Czech Republic. I can't remember. But anyway, he's got a bunch of houses overseas. Yes. And he's worth $3 million. One oh. million of it is in cryptocurrency. What
3: a worthless piece of shit to be worth so much. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. That's a lot of
3: money for a shitty person.
0: <laughs> and he's actually the guy, if you don't remember who Nader is, he was the guy at the August 3rd... Uh, Trump Tower meeting, the most consequential meeting of everything, even more important than the June uh, 9th, 2016 Trump Tower meeting. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who paid Zamel, Joel Zamel of Cy Group mm, uh, $2, $2 million hand. after Trump won the election, but not because they did any work for them. Oh, no, no million just for thanks for, thanks for the chat yeah <laughs> here's two-thirds of my net worth <laughs> yeah thanks for the memories <laughs> <laughs> Totally yes. right. exactly <clears throat> and he set up the meeting or was in the meeting in the seychelles with eric prince that was just an accident we just bumped into each other and uh imbiza mbz <laughs> of the uae and uh he yeah he's just an all-around piece of shit uh and i think he has a lot to do with um i think he's kind of, he might be caught up i'm i have beans on him being caught up in the super secret subpoena battle from the company from country a yeah but i don't know yet um and also maybe he was the guy in prague uh, of summer oh. of 2016
3: oh painted Prague. Mm. yeah even
0: super space beans on the fact that the reason cohen had his phone was because he was blackmailing him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i wonder if he would be at all open or able
1: to like strike a plea deal with this case
0: I don't know how I would feel about lowering your child pornography time in prison. I'd feel very badly to get about that. This kind of information. Totally, yeah. They might have enough on him in the other case to work with him because he had three proffer sessions and one non proffer session, which means he blew up a proffer session and lied in it. Yeah. <laughs> Which may be one of the reasons he left the country before he was charged with anything.
1: What if he turns on other people, the like other oligarchs that are involved in sex, like especially child sex trafficking
3: oh, stuff? Oh yeah.
0: If he if he gave evidence on Mogilevich, his child pornography and is like nothing compared to his child sex trafficking and right. pornography. Right. Like get so, to
3: the source of the ring.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right, but so do you do you let. 12 child pornography, child pornography videos slide to get the guy who is in charge of all child pornography in the Eastern Bloc?
3: Unfortunately, it sounds like that's how it would go down, right? Is yeah. it still called the Eastern Bloc? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all
0: 1989 in my head. You know. Yeah,
3: that's a tough call. Tear
0: down the wall. <laughs> Come on, guys. It's about time.
3: <laughs> Maybe you can still get them for something and then like... Yeah, take down the bigger guy at the same time. Like, don't let him get away with it entirely. Yeah, a plea deal
0: that's,
1: yeah, like, less of a sentence, I For guess. sure. Yeah, or like I would lower. like to
0: hope that his plea deal would be less of a sentence for what he did in, in the Russia-UAE uh, election interference stuff. But the fact that you're facing 15 to 40 already would make you a lot less likely to cooperate. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so I feel like you would have to offer to take time off that table totally. in order to get him to do so. And I, I guess, I don't know how I feel about it. I just don't know how I feel about yeah. it. It's really tough.
1: I don't know either. Wouldn't want that job. <laughs> the The recidivism rate of molesters and child criminals, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, not not like is <laughs> pretty high. It's children. his third time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's just
0: when he got caught. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he has a preliminary hearing this Monday. Uh, he's been remanded in custody until his trial starts. He's not leaving jail probably for the rest of his life. <laughs> Good. Uh, at least that's my hope. Mm-hmm. I, I hate. I would hate for it to be like, "Oh, we're gonna give you four months. Thanks for cooperating. Oh. <laughs> High five. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> Go hang out with your buddy Flynn, who's out of jail, also. Mm-hmm. I really want to know what those amazing plea deals were cut for because it's not what's being charged. Mm-mm. That's in those. I feel like that's in those referred somewhere in those referred grand bargain counterintelligence, some sort of investigation. And I, I hope they end up getting. I hope we find out about it. Yeah, same. I need need that closure. (laughs) Uh, Interesting interjection in the Nader story by Seth Abramson, by the way. He spent, like I said, he spent a lot of time in Prague. So much time, in fact, he was arrested and charged there for child pornography and molesting children. He was actually not just transporting child pornography. He was actually molesting underage boys. Which makes me wonder about the summer of 2016. Mueller report allegations of someone from the Trump campaign being in the area paying off the Russian hacking hubs that were set up there that we learned about recently from public reporting. And then when I thought about that, like I said, I started thinking about the secret subpoena battle with company from Country A. Are they involved in the payoff? Mm -hmm. Is that who that is? There's just so many dots that Mm -hmm. I'm not sure about.
3: Yeah, Um, we need a murder board for real up in here. mm -hmm. Have you considered putting one up on the wall? Uh,
0: We have the curtains. That's true. And I, you know... Yeah, connecting dots. That's tough. The murder board's in my head. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, guys, the White House is continuing its obstruction of justice spree this week as it blocked Hope Hicks and Annie Donaldson from complying with congressional subpoenas to appear and hand over documents. Hope Hicks, though, did hand over some documents, but neither will comply with the order to testify June 19th and June 22nd, I think, uh, with the White House providing cover for them under executive privilege. This was the plan, I think, when the White House deemed the entire Mueller report protected by executive privilege. We were like, why are you doing that? This is why. <laughs> so that any testimony about it or any documents related to it cannot be handed over. Uh, Nadler praised Hope Hicks, Jerry Nadler, he's uh, head of the Judiciary Committee in the House, praised Hope Hicks for handing over some of the documents as a show of good faith and says he will continue to negotiate with both women for the next few weeks as lawmakers attempt to arrange public testimony pursuant to the subpoenas. Now, obviously, the president has no lawful basis to block these subpoenas, despite what the White House counsel, Pat Cipollone, said, (laughs) Uh, said informing Nadler he wrote a letter saying Hicks and Donaldson have been instructed not to comply saying they do not have the legal right to disclose White House records to third parties Uh, Hicks has testified in she already testified in 2018 to the House Intel Committee when it was Republican led but she did not answer questions about the transition or her time in the White House only campaign stuff and apparently uh, that pissed them off so they want to bring her back in but her document production was also only about the campaign and not about her t- transition or time in the White House. Right. Yeah. She That part where she was sitting at the desk with the giant electoral map taped to the front of it <laughs> that you had to see before you went in to yes. talk to the president to, just to remind you that he won.
1: Yeah. The douche flag. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> douche flag. I like that. Rhymes with douchebag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Also this week Manafort's facing charges in New York for real estate fraud. We we reported on this. And while that happens, he's he gets a cushy new home at Rikers Island in solitary confinement. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But his solitary, I think, is from what I understand, a six by eight cell with a toilet in it. So it's oh, not okay. like the hole. It's not like shashank. the white, the white puffy stuff.
3: Yeah, the big fluffy yeah. pillow walls.
1: Yeah,
0: well, that would be nice. Which you make that's like psych, right? Yeah. Like psych, a, right? it a, so fun. Yeah.
3: <laughs> like a fun house. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, it's not like that cement hole with. You know, no light or anything. Right, <laughs> but it
3: is still torture,
0: right, to a degree. Yeah, to have no clock and be alone twenty three hours a day is, I think, mentally torturous. Hmm. Um. But he he has to be there, and I think, I mean, we had this discussion this week. We were like, why are they putting him in solitary confinement? A lot of people said it was for his protection because Mogilevich and the Russians are out to get him. And I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. think so. I think the, I think he's a hero in Russia. I think he blew up his plea deal and he didn't turn in anybody and I think uh, they're cool with that I think they appreciate kind of like Maria Butna yeah Yeah, so
3: who's punishing him I don't
0: think it's a punishment I think he is still criming
3: oh
0: yeah they don't want him talking to people yeah he's a he's a flight risk that's what they had to do before when he was in regular prison he was making phone calls and doing Mm -hmm. that foldering where you share files through gmail that's right with his lawyers bringing laptops back and forth yeah
3: i can see him shawshank redemption like you know like digging a little hole out of Mm -hmm. there too he's crazy yeah he's not smart enough
1: Yeah, but it is, it is definitely conceivable that in that entire prison population, there's someone that has ties to Russian oligarchs. 100%. That he could talk There's with. probably a
0: prison guard. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, goodness. That's true. There's probably, like, I I wouldn't be surprised that 10% of the guards at Rikers aren't fucking on Fogolavich's <laughs> <Wow>. payroll. <laughs> like, that's, how, that's how big this guy is. Oh, I believe
3: it. Yeah. That'd be an interesting, like, spin <clears throat> in the movie there. You mm-hmm. know? Like,
0: yeah. Hmm. Ooh so yeah i think i think he's in there because remember he was out on bail he had two ankle bracelets on and he wrote an Mm op-ed and they're like you 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 can't do that so they put him in jail took his ankle bracelets off and from jail he was witness tampering and suborning perjury with his Mm -hmm. two buddies about the whitewash report about Temeshenko in ukraine Mm -hmm. uh, for sure with that whole group Mm -hmm. skadden and vanderswan and then they're like all right so they put him in solitary confinement like we can't we have to keep you away from everything and anyone because, and I think that's why he's in solitary. Mm-hmm. Got it, got it. Either that, or just to protect him from General Pop. But just, uh, just a you know guy with gout like that. Yeah, guy with gout. Can't wow. put him in a Um, <laughs> no gout shaming.
3: No, no, just Manafort <laughs> shaming.
0: <laughs> totally. I uh, remember last week when I said Congress was planning to conduct Mueller hearings after the Memorial Day holiday. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, beans come true. This week, both the House Judiciary and the House Intelligence Committee, chaired by Democrats Nadler and Adam Schiff, respectively, will begin public congressional hearings related to the Mueller report. I'm calling them the Mueller hearings. I suggest you do the same. <laughs> in the judiciary, uh, they intend to bring in panels of experts to include former federal prosecutors, along with John Dean, former White House counsel that blew open the Watergate hearings, to testify about what obstruction of justice is. Um, he's... Pretty good. He, he pretty much knows what that is, John Dean. And oh, yeah. Also, some of these, you know, the thousand former federal prosecutors who signed a note that said Trump obstructed justice, and if he was a citizen, he'd be behind bars. Mm-hmm. Um, what is required to bring criminal charges, they're going to talk about that, like the requirements of... of you know, charging someone with obstruction uh, indictments, and how the facts in volume two of the Mueller report meet those requirements and why. So then in the House Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff over there, they're focusing on volume one and the counterintelligence investigation. Two weeks ago, Schiff subpoenaed the attorney general, Bill Barr, to hand over information on the counterintelligence investigation opened by the FBI into Trump and his campaign opened by... McBabe, <laughs> um, none of the counterintelligence findings are in the Mueller report. No, have there, nor have there been any additional briefings that we know of to the Gang of Eight by the FBI uh, on that part of the investigation since Comey did it back before he was fired. Mm-hmm. And Barr, that's the one where Burr went to the White House and said, "Hey guys, listen to this." <laughs> uh, Attorney General Barr has refused to hand anything over, and so Schiff threatened to hold him in contempt for noncompliance. Barr said, "All right, we'll give you some stuff. Uh, please don't hold me in contempt, bro." <laughs> And uh this is the same thing that happened in the other committee when they asked him for unredacted Mueller material. But uh they voted and held him in contempt within that committee. But that how, that vote goes to the full House this week, along with a full House contempt vote for Don McGahn for defying his subpoena. So Schiff will start counterintelligence hearings this Wednesday in the House, including having two FBI agents. Uh, two, two, <laughs> two FBI agents. <laughs> I'm come and testify. Can't be when the sweet. drugs kick in. <laughs> guys, 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 guys. It's two FBI agents. <laughs> <laughs> two FBI agents. Uh, their names are Stephanie Douglas and Robert Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Oh. Uh, as we know, 40 FBI agents were co-located with Mueller's team and counterintelligence evidence would be sent back to FBI HQ. That's the headquarters at Quantico as it came up in the investigation. And counterintelligence investigations do not charge people with crimes. They determine if someone is compromised by a foreign government, if they're willful, willful or unwitting agents or assets and by what degree of confidence. So, you know, they might come back and say something like Trump is compromised. He is a Russian asset. He is unwitting. Damn. And we have ex- extremely high confidence. Like, uh-huh. uh, And we have moderate confidence that he is a willful conspirator. And compromise but like, So they do this rating system Totally uh, What you do with that information I don't fucking know
3: Yeah
0: Impeach I
1: was gonna say I hope it ends with him <laughs> Not
3: being there anymore Ideally But I think we would need To flip the Senate first Right You think it's possible in 2020?
0: Yeah I don't even know How you do that Like if you find out That somebody's compromised And is a high uh, Counterintelligence asset risk Do you just go And take them out of the White House? Who does that? Who's in charge of that? 25th it's gotta Amendment be Congress Or Congress Yeah, yeah. Only I would hope options, that at right?
1: that point More senators Would be willing to do that
0: Thirty-two seats are for
3: grabs. I don't know how many are Republican, but, but
1: don't
0: don't you think they already know? Or are they just not saying because it's not politically or publicly known?
1: I think that, and the evidence isn't incontrovertible to the general public enough for them to stand behind that. I think it's too risky in their eyes, unless their constituents are going to be like, "Oh yeah, this is fucked up," which apparently it would take. A lot <laughs> for yeah. that
0: to happen. Yeah, it looks like it. But that one lady at the Justin Amash rally where she's like, I had no idea there was anything negative about Trump in the Mueller report because she just listens to Fox News and the Attorney General. God totally. Totally. And you're like, that's what they're telling her. And I've been con- Sorry, sorry I was going
3: to say, I've been considering listening to Fox News just to hear what the fuck they're telling them. Like, just so I'll know <laughs> what approach to take when they're, you know, crazy comes at me. I'm like, oh, no, I heard that, too. And by the way, it's this is weird. Why-
0: yeah. Like when when they released the voicemail of John Dowd, mm-hmm. uh, you know, dangling a pardon to Flynn, they didn't even cover it. They were just talking about like how the moon is big tonight. Whoa. And you yeah. can see Jupiter's moons in your <laughs> binoculars. Go Which check is cool. it out. And the moon is part of Mars. <laughs>
1: You could watch a little bit of Fox News, memorize something that was said, and then break conversation with them. And be like, "Hey, did you see tonight on Hannity when he said kids deserve to be in cages because they're brown? Yeah. yeah. Also, remember when they said that Trump is a criminal and should be impeached?" <laughs> <laughs> Be like, oh, I didn't see that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. It was crazy. That's right. We should create
0: our own Fox News, but, like, Fox knows. Like, you just, like, it's one letter off, but people get it confused, and then just yeah. go on and deliver, like, what sounds like a Colbert rapport, mm-hmm. but then, like, subliminally slip shit in like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Like, remember those commercials he used to play with the cowboy, the, the catheter cowboy? Yeah,
3: to get through I the Trump. Was John
0: Oliver. Yep, yep. And he'd be like, oh, and by the way, there are three separate branches of government. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He paid
3: for real ads to, like, subliminally... <laughs> change to Tom's run on mind. fox news yeah yeah with the,
0: with the catheter cowboy like the actual guy that's beautiful from liberty Calf. i love john oliver or whatever it was. he's the best yeah yeah his little side projects are great mm-hmm. uh anyway let's see um anyway but so both committees uh, have separately sought testimony from Mueller himself they've they're, they're in negotiations right and nadler says he's close to issuing a subpoena for Mueller's public testimony Mueller has said he would testify privately but Nadler doesn't want that he wants him to testify publicly hmm. and so he's going to subpoena him and Mueller isn't going to defy a subpoena yeah subpoena power yeah I I would literally die if if the White House blocked Mueller's subpoena and Mueller went cool
3: mm-hmm. yeah that doesn't seem like Mueller's style <clears throat> he follows the
0: rules he is a rule guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know because uh, Trump wasn't indicted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sanctimonious
3: <laughs> choir boy. <laughs> yeah.
0: The Caputo tweet. Yeah, yeah. Sanctimonious choir I think that was Comey. That was about same, Comey. Samesies. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're both
3: rule followers. For the most part, Comey. They're cut from the same mm-hmm. choir. Yes.
1: <laughs> I wanted to ask Michael Isikoff this when we were interviewing him, but I wonder what it would take for Mueller to say anything publicly in a testimony like that that goes outside of what he specifically wrote in the Mueller report.
0: I don't think he would. I think he'd be like, I- I'm not going to answer that. Yeah. I'd yeah. like to
1: believe that there's some breaking point in which he would pull a Comey and put some editorial shit mm. in there.
3: Oh, yeah. Do you like a, a, like a book, a tell-all, called like Preaching to the Sanctimonious Choir Boy or something? Yeah. I, like. I, just,
0: I just love that he's his own lawyer, so there would be nobody next to him. He would yeah. just have sidebars with himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Mueller, what were you forced to shut down the investigation? And then he just backs up and... Huddles on himself. Talk, <laughs> like... Looks back and forth, does some shifty eyes and comes back to say, I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> like he lawyers it out in his own head. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he needs a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he's going to be great at right. public testimony, but he's, he's not going to tell copy. you anything you want to hear. Nope. Uh, but what we, we, we need do need to hear, though. Yeah, we do need the public to hear what is in his report. And it's fine. Just sit there and tell us. Yeah, yeah it's
1: a lot. It's still, I would say, enough. Even. Yeah,
3: every news <laughs> station would be playing it. All the gyms would be playing it. It would really make oh, a gym. difference. No, that's what I noticed every Maybe. time something goes down. And
0: even the if gym. it's <laughs> just like, uh, you know, all right, so tell us about paragraph nineteen where you said obstruction of justice. This and this and and and, me, mm-hmm. and tell us about that. And he just repeat. What Get those reports. sound bites circulating. Yeah. Yes, uh, I don't think he's a sound bite generator. No, yeah.
3: but he'll say things <laughs> that people can just clip and be like, listen to this shit.
0: Yeah. yeah, like yeah. he 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 won't come out and say I didn't exonerate Trump. He'll no, say no. I didn't not uh, do this because he'll do all this talk that is the very j- precise, jargon, yeah. Mm-
3: but it's important even that would be better than people like having to read something. <laughs> Unfortunately, this country is not big on reading. It's
0: true. I think they're going to help a lot. The Mueller hearings will help. So will the counterintelligence hearings, which are also the Mueller hearings. Uh but some more details have come out about Jerry Nadler's pitch. And uh, that he's framing. Oh, so Jerry Nadler is now backing impeachment. Yes. Um, I, I, if I've told you this, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's flipped on impeachment this week. He's low key pushing Pelosi behind the scenes to allow him to open an impeachment inquiry in the House Judiciary. And he wants to centralize all investigations into Trump and Trump's companies and Trump's family under the umbrella of the House Judiciary Committee. At a meeting of Democratic heavy hitters this week, House Judiciary Chairman Jerry Nadler pushed the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on impeaching, eliciting her prison comment heard around the world. I like that. That's my news voice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Nancy had said uh, behind closed doors that uh, she thinks Trump belongs in prison. And everyone was like, what? You can't see that. That's bullshit. Okay, lock her up. Right. Yeah. But I
3: love how stern they're getting. Just in the last few days, they both have kind of flipped. Their script.
0: But. I also like to, th- I, I also love how Republicans think that that accidentally slipped out and someone leaked it.
3: Oh, that, no. That no. was
0: a designed comment to be heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She's not, okay.
3: She just, she changed her mind. She used to be like, you know, maybe sort of impeachment, and, and now she's like, well, prison for sure. Yeah. You
1: yeah. might hate
0: her, but nothing she does is a mistake. No, yeah.
1: No. She's always been saying, too, that she's just trying to go through, wait until it gets to that tipping point. She's always just been like, let's just wait, let's just wait, let's
0: just wait. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, like no, right, right, just not right now. And I
3: was always just waiting for that moment. I'm so glad it's here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Her whole strategy might be either we have to wait for more public support, which I don't think is the case. What I'm starting to believe is she's waiting till it gets closer to the election. Yeah. Um. Honestly, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't see a reason to wait. Mm-hmm. Um. But that you know, whatever. Yeah, it is like a giant cannonball. Basically, we will, we will we'll impeach him. Oh yeah. Um. And and so Nadler's pitch to Pelosi is that he's framing his idea around two central points. First, impeachment proceedings would centralize all the investigations into Trump, which are currently sprawled across multiple committees, right? And that would free up the other committees to do the work of legislating and passing bills, even though Turtle Dick Mitch won't bring any of them to the floor of the Senate for a vote. (laughs) So there's really no point other than to pass the bills like you're supposed to because you've done your job and get it on the record that Mitch won't do it so Mm -hmm. that you can hopefully beat Mitch in the 2020. Right,
3: right. Yeah, yeah, the turtle in the hair.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The second point is what we've been saying all along. Opening an impeachment inquiry would give their subpoenas more teeth and allow the House committee to obtain uh, information and evidence far more easily than a regular committee hearing would. That's it's it's official judicial proceeding. Uh, Pelosi objected again, as did Adam Schiff this time, who does he doesn't want to lose his current position investigating Trump in the House Intel Committee. Mm. And I don't know if that's because he (laughs) just likes the the limelight and he likes what he's doing or if it's he thinks it's a truly bad idea I I, I don't know what Schiff is thinking there yeah. right right but his yeah because his counterintelligence hearings begin this week and he's finally mm, getting this counterintelligence right. information he's like I don't want to handle that I did all this work guys yeah, yeah. I mean, the- I mean yeah like let me fire the gun you know? <laughs> they
3: mm-hmm. might let him work with them though right like I- ideally he could pass along the information and still be a part of it oh pro- he would have to work
0: with him yeah yeah Yeah, but he wouldn't get any of the credit Aww. his committee and Nadler's
1: committee though arguably have done the most work when it comes to the Mueller investigation so he's probably also maybe experiencing a little bit of that like I'm just getting cooking yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, like <laughs> I have been working behind the scenes it's all about to come out and I've got like let me yeah. let me have this put moment me in
0: coach and yeah. I had to
3: live through fucking Nunes oh uh, my god and I get that he's totally you know deserves credit But I also hope that he's like more about the cause And he's like you know what here take it
0: I'm here to help yeah I can imagine having to like Sacrifice sitting next to Nunez for that Long yeah and then finally being free And then getting almost there and then, like, and then like, and yeah and then now There's like I'm going but, for yeah.
3: bigger teeth, yeah, I think he 's the kind of do that that'll do the right thing yeah mm-hmm. well
0: we 'll see what happens uh, either i don 't care whether they 're all done in judiciary or whether they 're sprawled out i I really don 't give an f. I think they should open an <laughs> impeachment inquiry, give, get the teeth to the subpoenas, get the information they need, have bigger standing in court because it 's a, a judicial proceeding. Impeach the mrr mm-hmm. and and this is interesting. Lawrence Tribe has a new idea about impeachment, saying we could impeach him in the House without ever intending to send articles to the Senate for trial, just censure him in the House, and I thought that that would a great idea. But now I am I disagree with it. I think that forcing the Senate to go down on the historical record forever, uh, saying that they won't uh, acquit him, I think will help smash them in 2020. Oh, yeah. I think that that – you know, a lot of people are saying that the problem with impeachment is that Trump's going to walk around saying, oh, you failed impeachment. I think it's a better position to be in saying – we impeached him, you failed to convict him, he's a criminal.
3: Hell yes.
1: Especially two years down the road when he does something that's even more egregious than what he's Uh, already done, and he can 100% have the public backing of removing him from office, and then we can double blow to the GOP and Mm -hmm. say, oh, and remember that time when we could have stopped him, and you refused to even look at evidence? Oh, yeah. yeah, Or you
0: have to live Mitt Romney with the rest of your life, for the rest of your life and the rest of history in the history books is going down as the person who acquitted Donald Trump of obstruction of justice. Yeah. Up, he'll be the johnny cochran or how do you feel about that
1: <laughs> yeah yeah yep
0: people like johnny cochran though still I don't yeah know that's true uh we already know that trump is going to say we tried to overthrow him we already know that uh he's going to say that whether we impeach him or not he'll do that with the Mueller report findings uh a failed impeachment in the senate like i said it's not going to change his narrative but it like i said it will change ours from we didn't do anything to we did it and these republican senators didn't do anything exactly Uh, And that all of history is going to judge that. So I'm still for full impeachment. Same. Same. We're still. All right, cool. We're all in agreement. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, we'll be right back. Hey, this is A.G. from Molly She Wrote, and I'm here to sing the praises of Third Love. I am officially obsessed. It's the only place I get my bras now, so they're co-owned by a woman. Uh, Not only do they show real women in their ads with wrinkles and rolls and piercings and tattoos, and not only are they disrupting the male-dominated bra industry in the best way possible, but their bras are seriously the most comfortable and perfect-fitting bras I've ever owned. And that's because they use an easy fit finder quiz to find your perfect fit, using millions of measurements from real women. They don't just consider your number and your letter. They take into account issues you have with off-the-rack bras like digging straps or cup spillage, and they also consider cup shape. And they're the industry leader with over 70 different sizes. It's so easy to use. Just pop online, take their 60-second Fit Finder quiz, and they help you identify your breast size and shape. And they have half sizes because a lot of women and people who identify as women fall in between sizes, and I'm one of those people. So I could never get the perfect fit until 3rd Love made it possible. And they have a 100% fit guarantee, you guys. You have 60 days to wear it, wash it, put it to the test. And if it's not perfect, and this is a new thing and I love it, just return it. Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Returns and exchanges are free and easy and it's the most comfortable bra ever with breathable lightweight materials and straps that don't dig or slip and they're tagless too. Third Love knows there's a perfect fit for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com/ag now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com/ag for 15% off today. You'll be glad you did. All right, guys, welcome back. On to Judge Emmett Sullivan and the ongoing legal adventures of Michael Flynn. (laughs) If you recall, during a heated sentencing hearing uh, last year, Sullivan was disgusted with Flynn's criminal behavior. You disgust me. You. B- disgust me yeah, this flag behind me is disgusted by you remember that <laughs> yeah the flag is vomiting <laughs> uh disgusted with his criminal behavior he even asked muller's team if they would considered charging him with treason if they thought of that do you guys think of that <laughs> and, and then he had to walk back that comment a little because they were like whoa like whoa <laughs> uh it was at that time he knew about everything uh he'd done with regards to turkey but we did not but Sullivan knew, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he also knew about uh, his conversations with Kislyak, Flynn's conversations mm-hmm. with Kislyak, and potential, potentially more conversations we don't even know about. Yeah, the
3: John Dow thing, he probably knew about that ahead he of did. Time. He
0: did, totally did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was actively assisting Trump with finding Hillary's emails and that he'd been uh, helping with WikiLeaks. He'd been dangled a pardon by Trump's team, like you're saying, that voicemail. He knew that. Sullivan then told Flynn, hey, man, it would behoove you to go forth and cooperate more, mm-hmm. uh, as much as his criminal ass could muster. <laughs> And uh, then come back and see me for sentencing. Like, this is going to be in your best interest. And they went back and forth like six times on that, where it's like, you really, really don't want me. Go, please cooperate more. (laughs) Or I am going to throw your ass in jail for a really long time. Even I don't care if Mueller's asking for no time.
3: I almost wish he did, but I trust that Mueller got good info.
0: Yeah, and I think that what Sullivan knew and saw, he was like, he can cooperate more and he needs to cooperate more. So Mm -hmm. go go do that, you fucking shit. (laughs) shit. So that's what he's been trying to do, right, Flynn? At least, maybe. And recently, Judge Sullivan entered three orders, uh, minute orders. One was to release the voicemail of Trump's lawyer dangling pardons and intimidating Flynn's lawyer. And the second was to make public all redacted Mueller report materials related to Flynn. And the third was to provide the transcripts of Flynn's calls with Kislyak, the ones he lied about to the FBI in January of 2017. And we got unredacted, mostly unredacted versions of those interviews this week. Uh, The government released the voicemail, uh, but not the redacted Mueller report and not the Kislyak conversations. Hmm. Their reason was, you already have everything and we just don't want to. I mean, it was like a really flimsy reason that just didn't make any sense. They think that what they were trying to say is, doesn't matter what was in the conversations Mm -hmm. what matters is he lied about him Mm -hmm. that's what you're charging him with. yeah
3: yeah but still why hide it and we're like
0: actually everything that's in the conversations goes (laughs) to the core of how much time he should serve in prison but anyway uh we thought sullivan would get pissed at this sullivan doesn't he's usually like excuse me motherfucker yeah i asked for some shit but Mm he he didn't right and and the government still does not acknowledge that the conversations with kislyak even took place right though we all know that they did uh, Flynn mentions them in, in his sentencing memos and plead and pleadings right the, the unredacted pleadings that we recently got where he said Oh you guys probably recorded these conversations anyway and that was redacted the government doesn't want us to know that they know that these conversations exist or at least they're not admitting to it. right and we all thought Sullivan like I said would be pissed but he. Totally acquiesced with our argument. And those are the facts. My beans are on these conversations having been obtained under FISA warrants and they're totally classified and that there are other conversations we don't even know about that could pertain to open and ongoing investigations. I think maybe some Lindsey Graham conversations are in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we remember that uh, questioning where Lindsey Graham was trying to find out from the intelligence community. If if you guys were recording me, you would have to tell me, right? And they're uh-huh. like,
3: you're a cop, right? You got to tell me.
0: <laughs> and, they, and they actually said, we got your request, sir. We're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll
3: process your application like and, everybody
0: else. And he wouldn't drop it. He's like, but you have to tell me, right? Like, sir, we know that you th- want to know if we recorded you. We'll get back to you. <laughs> And then he went golfing with Trump and then all of a sudden flipped and loved Trump when he thought Trump was a fucking coot oh, before. And those are his words, not mine. I mm-hmm. wonder why. I think Trump had those conversations and, and blackmailed Lindsay into being on his side. We yeah. may never know. Those are super space beings. Yeah,
3: or probably his promise to protect him. Yeah, Some or, like you
0: know, you better kiss my ass or I'm going to leak these conversations. Mm-hmm. Where's that picture? I can imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Lingo. I still want to know where the RNC hacked emails are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So Flynn has an updated hearing uh June 14th we will be in Minneapolis that day and he will either ask for another delay or Sullivan will sentence him with what he has Sullivan may have been allowed to view those conversations under seal ex parte in camera or whatever they say but there's uh, been no indication of that publicly or the court or on the court docket you know usually you usually see we'll see something on the court docket like filed under seal order in camera ex parte <laughs> right discussions with nothing you yeah. don't want to know you'll see something is in there because they have to mark it somewhere, but there's nothing that we don't see anything. So damn. Let's watch the sentencing. Um, Sullivan's decisions could give us clues to how much he knows and how pissed he is at Flynn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think he's going to sentence him this time. I think they'll probably ask for another delay. But who knows? Maybe he'll come back and be like, "You fucking ten years, piece of shit." Fuck. Uh, we'll see. Him. <laughs> who knows? Uh, but then, then we'll have a little bit of insight into what he has seen and how, imp- like, how much of an impact or how what what kind of import these conversations with Kislyak had, or if he might have more. God, so many of them are going to jail. I hope so. It's crazy. Guys, in a related Flynn story this week, he fired his legal team, and no one knows why. He hired new lawyers. Uh, There are two main schools of thought on this. First is that other lawyers were super... his, His lawyers were really expensive. And since they're only doing sentencing, that's all that's left to go, he might have just canned his pricey guys for cheap dudes to carry him over the finish line. The other school of thought is that he's considering withdrawing his guilty plea and backing out of his plea deal. And considering what we now know... Uh, that we have evidence of that pardon dangling um, and he, that he was threatened by Trump's team and that it was Sullivan what really wanted to make sure we got the evidence of that pardon dangle for some reason um, and that you know that he'd be smart to take you know to to listen to Dowd uh, and that also you remember Flynn was texting Matt Gates to keep up keep up the good work bashing Mueller and then send him a flag and an eagle gif that the <laughs> bar was nominated so, it could go either way. I, like m- Most of the time, I'd be like, he's just, it's too expensive, his lawyers. He's just d- doing the sentencing. But, like, all this evidence and the fact that Flint or that Sullivan wanted us to hear the voicemail of the Dangle pardon, and like, it makes me think maybe he's thinking of withdrawing his guilty plea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Sullivan would know that. They would have had sidebar conversations or, you know, in, in- camera discussions or whatever the fuck you call them. Right, you know, right.
1: What his lawyers are going to do or are doing.
0: Right, or th- what they're thinking of doing, or mm-hmm. like, he would know um but backing out of his plea deal now would seem really stupid unless he's promised a full pardon and maybe his son too because i think his plea deal you remember our first episode i was like okay guys if flynn goes down and his son doesn't go down then that means flynn's making a deal and like Mm -hmm. i predicted that whole thing right and we talked about that and flynn's son didn't go down so i was like he's made a deal he's making a deal and it, it wasn't until the end of the year we found out that he actually signed his plea agreement after he pulled out of the joint defense yep those were the days. Episode one. Check it out if you get a chance. Sorry about the sound quality. Uh, also, this week, after all the work to get the New York bill passed allowing the state, New York State, to hand over Trump's taxes to the House Ways and Means Committee, turns out Richard Neal doesn't want them. He's like, nah, brah. And Jaleesa, you're going to go over that story for us later in the show. Yep. And then we have some news about the Senate Intelligence Committee, where Chairman Burr has summoned Walter Soriano for a voluntary closed door interview and documents with various Russia probe figures. On April 5th, uh, they sent a letter to the British security consultant, the, the Senate Intel Committee, to this guy, Soriano, asking for his testimony. The letter obtained by Politico gives us another tiny clue into the Senate Intel Committee's probe into what role Israel may have played in the 2016 election interference. So if this guy is British, how does it give us insight into Israel's involvement? Well, aside from asking for his communications with Flynn and Manafort and his connections to Oleg Deripaska, they asked this guy, Soriano, for documents related to his communications with Psy Group, Wikistrat, and Black Cube. Those are three, the big three Israel firms for social media manipulation, right? Yeah, it sounds
3: like hip-hop, like rapper names. It does. <laughs> yeah.
0: Psy Group, Wikistrat, and Black Cube. <laughs> and then The Fist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they want to know about any contact he had with Orbis, which is the spy-for-hire company started by dossier author Christopher Steele. Mm-hmm. So he's involved pretty much in everything. And I don't even know, We've never heard of this guy. I searched him in our database of of scripts. He never once come up. Whoa. He wasn't in the minority report from Adam Schiff, which is where we basically what we created our fantasy indictment draft from. Yeah. Uh, and that, like we go back there and we're like, he was on there. Like we usually see people on there. He's not in that. A genuine rando. He's a total rando. And we know him now. So you can't, he won't count as a rando if he's indicted, guys. This is the official. It's Soriano. Yeah, yeah. You need to pick him by name. Uh, (laughs) And they also Orbis, that that drew, so like do you guys remember Fusion GPS and Glenn Simpson? Mm -hmm. Uh, And he testified, and that's the one who hired uh, Steele to get the dossier. Right. And then we have Orbis is kind of Steele's fusion GPS it's like a spy for hire private mm-hmm. investigator dirt on poli- political politics and companies and stuff like that like Prevazon mm-hmm. uh, but that was fusion GPS but that 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 was steel so he's involved in that and if you remember side uh, group was headed up by Joel Zammel. he's the guy <laughs> that Kitty porn George Nader paid over two million dollars to do uh, to have you know for something we don't know mm-hmm. uh, other than he gave him a, a PowerPoint on how to interfere in the election have we checked the Venmo do we know what it said <laughs>
3: It's like $2 million for the stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Should have made that private. <laughs> Quote well, like, you emojis, know. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just for election interference. Right, right. Uh, slide deck. I'll Not let- the actual interference. Exactly. Just an American flag
3: and then like a little circle with an X in it. And yeah, then I an know? eagle gif that totally. uh, Flynn says. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh okay so he paid two million dollars two million dollars to trump at like within the week after he won his election uh and even trump and friends say they never hired them which is so funny so soriano himself is virtually a ghost like i said we've never heard of him we've never written a word about him all we know is he's a british security consultant and he's affiliated with a london security firm called usg security limited uh (laughs) want to know my beans here's my beans we're just now getting more news on nader right Uh, because he came back in the country got arrested and in my hot note today i'll be talking about new information and ongoing probes referred from the Mueller investigation about the uae zaml and saudi arabia all part of the six nation grand bargain struck by trump russia uae saudi arabia bahrain egypt and israel and flynn is now heavily involved in this and we know bijan kian flynn's business partners trial is coming up next month and i'm wondering if some of the discovery from that trial isn't leaking out and we're getting to know these things uh, and that yeah, I, I feel like either way, we'll will know a lot more at the end of the summer. So
3: yeah, that's terrifying how like big this likely really is.
0: And speaking of Flynn and guys like Ted Malick, the secret subpoena battle over documents from the company of, from Country A is back in the news. Right, this is the subpoena fight that's been going on for like a year. The DC, uh, more than that, actually, we found out today, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals ordered the release of certain sealed documents in this mysterious legal battle between Company A and Mueller by June 21st. The three-judge panel rejected the request to release the name of the company, however. <laughs> womp womp. Uh, I had seen some of the documents and thought the council had mentioned it was a bank, but that was incorrect. It turns out they were just citing case law, so that doesn't mean it's a bank. Uh, it could be, but my money is still on the Cutter Investment Authority. Mm-hmm. We did learn this week that SCOTUS rejected the company's request to consider its appeal in March. SCOTUS turned them down. Beans on that we had. Beans come true. <laughs> we also learned that Judge Beryl Howell stopped fining the company for contempt Back in February, or, yeah, after it... No, well, she started to talk about it. After it complied with the subpoena, they handed over about a 1,000 pages of documents to Mueller. Nice. So they stopped charging
3: them $50,000 a day.
0: (laughs) Yes. But the case dragged out until April because Mueller noticed a suspicious gap in the records. Like, Mm. "Mm, we got nothing from this date to this date. So they kept finding them, and... Uh, the judge finally decided they were no longer in contempt on April 17th. But as they got closer to that date, they were finding him up to $300,000 a day. They Oh, my it. goodness. Because Moore was like, we're missing a good chunk. And Beryl Howe's like, yeah, this is suspicious. $300,000 a day till you hand it over. And that and made, made him it- do it. Yeah, and while we might not get the name of the company, we get, we got some more clues. Uh, so the company handed over the documents in two parts, 950 pages, many of which had to be translated into English. So we know English isn't the official or primary business language oh, of, this, oh, co- of damn. this company. Good detective work. That <laughs> <I> would have <laughs> went over <laughs> my head. <laughs> Another clue is that the defense attorney seemed to argue that the records might not be complete when they were like, we're missing this gap. Yeah. The The lawyer for the company argued that because it's a fledgling company, like... Bezos and Steve Jobs and Wozniak—they all started their billion-dollar business businesses in garages, so it's not so strange to think about it in those terms. <laughs> <laughs> that was their argument for not handing over that chunk of documents. Interesting. Mueller was not satisfied with that argument, and contempt fines, like I said, reached as high as three hundred thousand per day in April. But the company kept insisting it had handed over everything, and eventually, the judge lifted the contempt order. Hmm. It's still unclear if the April seventeenth court order resolving the case. That came. It came one day before Barr released the Mueller report. What? And so I'm wondering if she resolved it and, and took the contempt fines away because the Mueller investigation was going away. Damn. Another huge clue for us is uh, releasing the documents this week when a lawyer said he thought he was going to have until March 28th to file uh, her response. Uh, but since the timeline got cut short, uh, they wanted to make sure the judge didn't think they were just throwing things in last minute. So this lawyer said... We had, we thought we had till March 28. March 22nd is when Mueller closed up shop. <gasps> oh. So, so this is another clue that it was shut down was prematurely. Shut down prematurely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I find it interesting that the prosecution in this case was caught off guard by this resolution of the, by the end of the Mueller investigation. Mm-hmm. And uh, this case began, we learned this, before Mueller took, before Mueller was appointed, this case began. Because according to the documents, it was originally handled by Faruqi in the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office who then handed it off to Zainab Ahmad who then handed it back to Farouki when the Mueller probe was shut down. <laughs> like hot potato. Yeah. <laughs> and that both Farouki and Zainab handled the case confirms to me that the secret company is a Gulf state company because these are both fluent Arab speakers. They're
3: specialties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I love the idea of a subpoena fight too because I think of a food fight. Just like <laughs> throwing subpoenas everywhere. It's crazy. <laughs>
0: Chaos. Food fights are funny. <laughs> The one from Cheers is my favorite. Oh, I got to see that. Oh, back in the day. Uh, Many of these documents, guys, released Friday are really heavily redacted. But the prosecution says it's very much a live issue that requires a great deal of resources, time and attention by the government. They said this back in March, which is why we believe the subpoena is still, in fact, a live controversy that requires contempt because it goes to the core of this investigation. Mm. And Faruqi handed it off to Mueller because it went to the core of the Russia probe. But it's probably a Gulf state company. Oh, Mm -hmm. wow. Uh, which is what Mueller's team told the judge This they said this back in March. Like I said, he also said the issues in this investigation have not nor are in any way close to being resolved. Hmm. When Mueller closed up shop, he referred the case back to the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office, like I said. And that's where it, the same uh, prosecutor that had it before they handed it off to the Mueller investigation got it back like, oh, fucking great. You couldn't figure this out. Yeah. He's probably like, I tried. It just shut go. us down. <laughs> you know, or she. Sorry. You ain't got to go home. <laughs> Uh, a couple last-minute news stories, unrelated to Mueller, but still very important, and some are funny. We reported earlier in the week during one of our Daily Beans episodes that Trump's State Department was denying requests from U.S. embassies to fly the pride flag this month. Of course, during Obama's administration, Obama granted a blanket approval for, for all embassies to fly pride flag during June. Yeah, like your
3: freak flag fly wherever you
0: want. But Trump ended it. Uh, he ended that, said, you have to ask me individually. Uh, but the good news here, we learned Saturday that many of the embassies are flying the flag anyhow, Nice. even though they were rejected. Diplomatic Aww. missions in Seoul, South Korea... Chennai, India, the embassy in New Delhi, Santiago, Chile, the U.S. mission in Nepal, Berlin, and more shared photos proudly displaying their rainbow flag on social media. Yay. It's a big F you. A rainbow, fuck you. To yes, the best
3: kind it is right double rainbow double fuck
0: you <laughs> uh Fertosh is being extradited to the u.s in july for his 2008 bribery crimes in india he's a front man for uh, Mogolevich. he is wrapped up in the russian investigation too he also faces racketeering charges in chicago i don't know if he's going to face those charges when he's mm. extradited to the u.s but he's coming in july
3: that almost sounded like a pitch
0: for a concert like
3: he's the front man <laughs> mm-hmm. and racking up this <laughs> stuff coming man. in july yeah
0: <laughs> putin motherfucker <laughs> it's, it's what he does pussy riots opening up <laughs> against their will yeah
3: lube the two tour. it's finally coming together
0: okay uh lawyers for the noah's ark theme park are suing its insurance company for rain damage (laughs)
3: there's a noah's ark theme park
0: (laughs) the company is suing to recoup a million dollars in repairs after 2017 dropped 40 inches of rain on northern kentucky didn't
3: they like read this in the book they didn't see this coming Should have prepared for that. Get your insurance for yeah. that kind of thing. I think. Yeah. I
0: think the actual flood, uh, which w- wasn't real, but it, I'm sure it was more than 40 days <sighs> oh, of rain. We're all
3: pretty like semi atheists around these this <laughs> parts, right? Yeah. I just think it's an interesting story because global warming love, could be the next yeah, flood.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so funny. I just love rain damage. Noah's Ark. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes
3: comedy just writes itself.
1: They're like, I'm not Noah. Aren't they isn't there something about like not worshipping or emulating false idols? Oh yeah, Jesus
3: Christ superstar? Yeah. No, it (laughs) doesn't even matter.
1: No, I don't know. None of it
0: matters. No.
1: <laughs> impersonating as Noah. That's gotta be some
3: biblical crime.
1: Yeah, like impersonating cop that that business is a felony, right? like, yeah, yeah, or do you remember the
0: theme park where they, that Jesus guy reenacts the crucifixion every hour. That's if right. Seen that Around the
3: clock. Yeah, but I like the guy that was on our show, so I'm like I'm a little biased. I think that guy's a closeted atheist though. That's so funny, I think so too. God, God is a yeah. closeted atheist. The God we had. And then the, the friendly atheist is probably secretly religious.
0: I like that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. We'll find out in the interview. I asked the hard hitting questions. Yes,
3: you heard it here first, guys.
0: Uh and my Matt gates brings all the boys to the yard this week as florida (laughs) rep matt gates was milkshaked i think is a new verb Mm -hmm. beautiful uh that's a thing that goes on in britain i think is Mm -hmm. they started it you throw milkshakes at political people you hate
3: yeah yeah it's like glitter bombing but like way messier yeah matt gates took a milkshake yeah one
1: of his unsuccessful opponents in his race (laughs) yeah uh, the democratic candidate that dropped out before the election even happened (laughs) she did it I want to have,
3: like, a party with, like, little themed foods, like uh, the milkshakes and, like, covfefe. Like, I got to think of some other things. Well, when we do Mullercon, we'll have milkshakes. Yeah. Oh, that could be. Dangerous. But we'll drink them. No, we'll just drink. Them. We'll have
0: milkshakes in a room with covered in plastic. Yeah, yeah. And no one throw, throwing. And we'll have pictures of like instead of targets like for gun ah. shooting, we'll have targets, but it'll be Matt Gates oh. and Nunez and Rohrbacher. Like you a throw fight. milkshakes yes. or a Yeah, yeah. Fan. The milkshake booth. We're gonna make it happen. MullerCon con is real. We're gonna do this. Yes. <laughs> All right. And finally, this asshole lady that called Michelle Obama an ape on Facebook was not only fired, but she will now spend ten months in prison for embezzling over eighteen thousand dollars from FEMA disaster relief funds. Wow. And uh, last but not least, Rudy Giuliani. We can't get through a show without talking about him. He could be under congressional investigation for his Ukraine shenanigans. And Jordan, you're going to have details for that in the Hot Notes, which is coming right up after this quick break. Hey, guys, this is AG, and I'm here to talk about Noom. Noom is a habit-changing solution that helps you develop a new relationship with health and well-being. They use a personalized approach to tailor plans just for you based on psychology, so they teach you why you do what you do and how to break old habits and how to develop new ones by arming you with all the tools and knowledge you need. It's based on cognitive behavioral approaches, which is well-studied method. It's a well-studied method for overcoming obstacles and thought patterns that can derail us sometimes. Noom is not a diet. It's a logical way to develop the kind of healthy lifestyle that's best for you. And the tricks and tips they give you help you stick to it. There's no shaming. There's no judgment. It's just a great community of folks wanting to be their best selves. I am a very busy schedule with writing and travel and I spend a lot of time in hotel rooms and on the road. And I run into a lot of roadblocks when it comes to trying to be healthy. One of my biggest issues is time management. And that's why Noom works for me so well. It's only about 10 minutes a day. Everything I need is all in one place. I used to have to manage multiple apps to track my steps, log my food, record my heart rate and exercise, get nutrition information, and chat with goal specialists. But Noom puts it all in one easy to use app. I started using it about six months ago. My goal was to ditch my all or nothing approach to dieting and exercise because I I would go super hard for eight weeks, then I'd give up for a while, then I'd have to get back into it. So I'd lose weight and gain weight, which is bad for my heart and my mental health. And I'd feel so much shame when I'd mess up in my own impossible rules. So with Noom, I lost about 15 pounds up front. And through the moderation uh, and learning to enjoy life with treats and relaxation, I've been able to maintain that. It's been a a huge load off my mind, and not just about how I look, but how, how I feel. So I don't stress about it anymore. So Noom is designed for results. It's out with the old habits, in with the new. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash A-G. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom dot com slash A-G to start your trial today. Again, that's Noom dot com slash A-G. Start losing weight for good. All right. Welcome back. Hot notes. Hot notes. All right, guys, welcome back. It's time for Hot Notes. And today, Jordan, you have a story about Rudy Giuliani and how he could be in some trouble, as we predicted. But first... Jalisa, you have a story for us about how the House Ways and Means Committee not asking for Trump's state tax returns? Yeah, very weird.
3: So this week we learned that the House Ways and Means Committee Chair Rep Richard Neal is not too happy about enforcing a brand new state law in New York that allows the government to seize Trump's tax returns. The law was passed last month, and it allows the state to hand over any tax filers tax returns to the head of Congress's Ways and Means Committee, in this case, Neal. And... Uh, I will give him credit, though. He did request Trump's tax returns from munition, 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 munich- just, just Steve, Steve. Yeah, there we go. Way easier. Um, Steve said no, obviously. He even subpoenaed Steve, to which he replied with the Kanye shrug. So now the ball is in Neil's court to pretty much take them to court, which could take years to complete. Uh, but that's just how the government works. We talk about that all the time on the show. So I'm surprised that that's his reason for not wanting to do it. He says that it will be like tied up in the courts for years and years. So he doesn't want to go that route. But that's his job, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like he's just trying to let them get away with it because he has ADHD or something. It's like he can't doesn't have the patience to get through the court trials.
0: Honestly, I think what is really happening <clears throat> here, or what like these are just beans too. But because we can't really know what's in his heart. But uh, <laughs> I think he, if, when he if he ditched his Mnuchin and IRS um, Reddig subpoena for for Trump's federal tax returns by just circumventing the whole thing and getting estate tax returns. Yeah. It would seem political. Mm -hmm. And he wants to keep his argument of having a solid legislative purpose intact so that when it does go to court, it won't take years. Mm -hmm.
3: Okay, that's better. Because I was just convinced that he was one of those guys that's like, I don't... I mean, it's still political either way, I guess, yeah. But I was worried that he was just trying to stay out of any of the battles, like just trying to avoid conflict, and that pissed me off, but this and is I, better.
0: And I shouldn't insinuate that that is it would take years because if he didn't have that argument. It actually shouldn't. It would be he could, like I said, he could walk up and say uh, I hate his fat face, and that's why I want his taxes. Right. The, the court's not allowed to consider that, and it should take just as long whether he does that or not, but I think it's political appearances that he's worried about.
3: Totally. And he's worried about the battle with the Treasury Department <laughs> themselves. Like, he knows Trump will push back, and it seems like he's just trying to at least in this article, it seems like he's trying to avoid that battle, maybe there's and a better way. He's They've still, yeah,
1: his he's already in the thick of one right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the courts. Yeah, but, and but to, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And to take state taxes, uh, and then sort of fold on the other conflict that he's right in the middle of, I think does sort of look. A little bit weak on his end, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Especially since he's saying the reason he wants to see him is because he wants to assess the effectiveness of the IRS's program to audit annually the president and vice presidential taxes. Mm -hmm. And the IRS does not audit state taxes. So then what do you want those for? Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to have a reason. He doesn't have to have a reason. Then just just do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, then then the witch hunt thing could become more real. I'm like, fuck it. They're going to say it's a witch hunt no matter what. Blow yeah. him up and get all the taxes. That's I how I feel. don't give a fuck. Right. Totally. That's what I think. But he's just taking it that this is the Pelosi way. Mm-hmm. Totally. Which is step by step ironclad case don't blow your load whatever (laughs) yeah which is why i I guess they're in that job yeah
1: yeah i also think that state courts should be the ones responsible for overseeing those sorts of crimes state tax crimes Mm -hmm. and
0: yeah maybe they'll pass a a law that in new york that says we're going to audit the presidential taxes state taxes every year and then they do it and then they can come out with it or maybe Mm -hmm. tish james will get them and somehow for some investigation she's doing uh, but the law doesn't say that she can get them. It's only the House Ways and Means Committee, the mm-hmm. Joint Finance Committee and the Subcommittee on Taxation. Yeah. 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 Mm. All right. Well, thank you for that yeah, information. Of course. I'm mad that he won't take them. But you know, same. Whatever. Pussy. <laughs> uh, puss up. Oh, yeah. Puss up. He's a little ballsack.
1: sack. Is That's what it right. Is. <laughs> yeah. He's a little ball sack. Scroat.
0: <laughs> fucking scrote. Uh, All right, cool. Jordan, what do you have for us on the uh, Lube the Truth Guy?
1: Yeah, so Giuliani is probably going to start getting looked into by the Congressional Democrats. Yes. And yeah, it's it's talk is a bruin. There's nothing... Nothing legitimate yet that would, uh that has anything on paper, but the probe is probably going to look into all of his overseas consulting and political work, specifically with Ukraine. I think that's mostly on people's minds, especially after the news of him trying to get dirt on Joe Biden recently mm-hmm. from a foreign government or foreign entity. Um, and I think that they just really, I, I just can't believe that he, that's a different story, but why the fuck would you go back to the country that arguably is the origin of your former campaign managers, like, I think he was summoned by someone, or he's
3: trying to smooth things over.
0: I think that was his, Russia, if you're listening, I hope you have the 30,000 emails. I think that was his, that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Invitation for the Ukraine, not, sorry, Ukraine to interfere (laughs) in in our elections yeah
1: well and then he pulled back when everyone was like whoa buddy you probably shouldn't go there that looks real bad can't unring the
0: bell though he Mm -hmm. he, did did, he he did what he set out to do it's done yeah Mm -hmm.
3: and he's done this before too in so many ways i feel like that's just kind of his move right he just pushes the boundaries and he's like oh i'll just moonwalk away but you already know yeah yeah
1: well he wants he wants dirt from that country specifically because it houses a company that his son works at that effectively got let off the hook and people are trying to investigate him if there was any sort of like you know agreement between him (laughs) and maybe a foreign company but every, every other statement that's come out on that case is just like there was no wrongdoing there but then again, that's what everyone says. So who knows? Yep. But either, either way, uh, Giuliani is also being a complete douchebag about this in response, <laughs> obviously. Uh, Daily Beast was the one that did this reporting. And so he gave a statement to the Daily Beast and he said, If they want to come after me, I gladly accept it because we could just make the Biden stuff bigger news. Do it. Give me a chance to give a couple speeches about it and hold a press conference. I'd love that. I think it'd be a fun fight. I'll just compare it to all the things they're not investigating. If they want, we can have a big fight. Fight over this so that's his attitude about this impending investigation and what a turd yeah total <laughs> turd and then he they're also looking into his relationships with armenia and romania um which is interesting because we haven't heard that yet explicitly really uh daily beast reported that giuliani sent a letter to romanian president class Iohannis. In August 2018, I have no idea if I said that last name right, uh-huh. um, Recommending the letter was recommending changes to the country's anti-corruption program, but the contents of the letter diverged from the official State Department stance on the issue, so he was paid for writing that letter by a global consulting firm. And then in 2018, Giuliani apparently appeared in Armenia, and he was invited there by an Armenian businessman who lives in Russia. Hmm. And he spoke at a conference alongside a sanctioned Russian official.
0: George from the Comedy Palace. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who runs one of our uh, premier comedy clubs. Is, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. He's yeah. awesome.
1: <laughs> so yeah, there's a couple sketchy things to look into. That's at least three countries right there that they have leads on potentially. So I am thinking he could be a fantasy indictment league oh, pick. Giuliani, yeah. Uh, uh, the Eventually. only problem
0: with that is that they'd have to, this is a congressional uh, investigation. They'd uh, have to do true. a criminal referral to uh, mm. the Department of Justice, which is run by a bar. So Yeah, mm.
1: and also I was just thinking it's not unrelated would you count that as a muller as a Mueller investigation thing yeah i would because
0: yeah. he was yeah. he was uh trump's Mueller lawyer so, so it is a fantasy, fantasy league right, so you bada can, boom yeah there you go <laughs> all right well thank you so much for that story uh fuck you rudy uh let's see last year guys during the 2018 Palooza finale uh, our end of the year show we had like 17 guests on and they all told us what they thought the story of the year was and our most important prescient guests Like Seth Abramson uh, were on there, and he said between him and us, we could probably run the Fantasy Indictment League, first of all, for the next five (laughs) years and die rich before anyone nabbed us for racketeering, but... (laughs) Uh, this week, the New York Times published – he thought the August 3rd meeting with Zammel at, at Trump Tower was the most explosive story. It happened in 2017, but it was the biggest I remember it and I was like,
3: that's an interesting pick at the time. Yeah.
0: Well, this week, New York Times published what could be the biggest news since the Mueller report, and I thought it important to discuss it. It's the story that he tells, that, mm-hmm. that Seth Abramson tells. But they also dropped some interesting news in this story. It's buried way deep in it, uh, they're, they're, that these are certain ongoing investigations that sprung from the Mueller report. We, we kind of know what's behind some of those redacted bars in Appendix D. Uh, The name of this article is The Most Powerful Arab Ruler Isn't MBS, It's MBZ, who we call Mbiza. And first of all, I love that the New York Times is walking around thinking that we're all holding rallies for MBS being the most powerful Arab ruler, (laughs) Uh, though that title might have been in response to Trump because he pretty much sucks the chrome off of MBS's trailer hitch on the monthly, if you know what I mean. So true. Uh, just this week, we learned Trump secretly approved two nuclear deals to Saudi Arabia after Jamal Khashoggi's death, which is now outraging Congress, even Republicans, even though we reported on this months ago. But cool story, bro, Congress. <laughs> uh, and then yesterday, we find out Trump signed a deal um, the day before Memorial Day that circumvented Congress to sell $8 billion in new weapons to Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, the 9-11 people. So if you all think that MBS is the head of the universe over there, I wouldn't blame you. But according to this new article, it's Mbiza. Mm. Uh, So we know now that investigators are seriously looking into the campaign context of Israeli social media groups, including Psy Group, Black Cube, and WikiStrat. And that's based on at least one story we told you about involving the Senate Intel Committee summons of that Soriano guy, the mysterious London security dude that we've never heard of. (laughs) And it is interesting that the Mbiza story dropped the same week along with Nader's arrest. Uh, And I said that a little bit earlier, but this week we learned that prosecutors are still investigating whether another top GOP donor whose security company worked for MBZ should have legally registered as a FORT agent. And that guy is Broidy. So that is one of the ongoing investigations, Broidy. So write these down for your fantasy indictment draft. Broidy, Nader, Imbiza, and anyone connected to Psy Group, Wikistrat, or Black Cube, including Joel Zamel. Mm. Ongoing open investigation. But the New York Times has implied there's a fourth post Mueller investigation that is open and ongoing because men- there's a mention of it in the article and it references the special counsel. And myself and many others have held off on calling it official yet, but there are details according to Seth Abramson, author of Proof of Collusion and Proof of Conspiracy. So check him out on Twitter. Uh, quote, prosecutors also questioned Rashid Al-Malik, an Emirati real estate developer close to Imbiza, the head of the Emirati intelligence. Mr. Al-Malik is also close to Mr. Trump's friend, Tom Barrack, And investigators are asking whether Al-Malik was part of an illegal influence scheme, according to two people people familiar with the matter. So that's another one, uh, Al-Malik and Tom Barrack. That's another All in, right. open and ongoing investigation. And we know that Al-Malik had pre-election contact with Tom Barak. Pro- and probably Manafort, since it was uh, Barack or barack who recommended Manafort to Trump in a letter. We've all read that. And we know from our previous reporting, it wasn't just Russia that was involved in pre-election crimes, though that was the narrow scope for Mueller's investigation, as detailed and and, you know, scoped, I guess, by Rod Rosenstein and probably the White House. <laughs> but these pre-election conspiracies and aiding and abetting, you have to always include aiding and abetting, dealt with multiple nations. And here are the basics, which we've discussed before. So I'm I'm going to go over them kind of quickly. Six nations were part of a grand bargain, including Russia, which is the narrow tip of the iceberg uh, that Mueller, you know, probed. Thanks, pal. But there's also Israel, Saudi Arabia, UAE, Bahrain, and Egypt. Three of these countries infiltrated deep into Trumpville, including Russia, Israel, and the UAE. Now get out of your pencils again for fantasy indictment draft. The Russia infiltration was through Dmitry Simes, the UAE was through Al Otaiba, or Otaiba, O T A. IBA. And Israel was through Kushner, Groner, and Okay, So remember those names. And of course there are a zillion other players, but those are the tip top guys, right? Like Zammel's in there, and Nader, for example, for Israel and the UAE, multiple other figures in Russia, of course. But the plan was that the U.S. would drop all sanctions on Russia. Russia agrees to withdraw support for Iran, clearing the way for the new Arab-Israeli alliance to remake the Middle East via Kushner, Tillerson, and Rick Gerson. And of course, the sharing of nuclear secrets And uranium with Saudi Arabia so that they can develop a bomb and a host of other side deals like the aluminum plant in Kentucky via Darapaska, lifting sanctions on him. But those are really just red herrings. The main thrust is the Russia sanctions and the Middle East Marshall Plan, which we can now pretty much include dropping Russian sanctions as part of. Imagine for a second the deal with Russia is a side gig. Jeez Louise. Yeah. So this is the Middle East Marshall Plan. We talked about it in episode six. And I remember saying, what if this is what it's all about? Mm -hmm. It's like world domination
3: right. Some Dr. Trump.
0: Evil shit. Yeah, it's really gross. One million dollars. <laughs> and we know from the Mueller report, Russia started operations in 2014 with the GRU and the IRA because both Russia and the UAE knew Trump was going to run for president by 2013. Don't forget the head of the GRU writing that memo in 2014 about their new cyber warfare. We read it in Russian Roulette. Uh, and then the Miss Universe pageant happened in 2013. Dangling Moscow towers started in 2014, 2013. And making inroads with Flynn and Carter Page. All that shit happened back then. Uh, the conspirators, Symes, Birnbaum, and Otaiba, along with the Emiratis, spent their entire summer trying to access the Trumps through Kushner. That's why he shouldn't have a security clearance. <laughs> uh, and they were already conspiring with Symes and Otaiba and Netanyahu by late spring. And then uh, that August 3rd meeting happened with agents of Israel, Russia, the UAE, and Saudi Arabia, and Trump and you know Trump Jr., was the score of the century for these guys trying to make their grand bargain. Don Jr. and uh, Stephen Miller were uh, there in that meeting representing Trump. And four nations offered election assistance. And Jr. said, hell yes. <laughs> so there's New York Times reporting, well, very late is <laughs> very important. Uh, there's nothing new here except now, I'm except those, you know, What they found from sources about ongoing investigations, but I'm starting to tie together this grand bargain, the importance of Nader, which is why he was probably offered partial immunity, how Flynn and Kislyak conversations are being kept from us right now. The fact that Nader spent a lot of time in Prague and might have been the one there paying off the Russian hacking hubs we just learned about a month ago using Bitcoin, probably, which is mentioned in the Mueller report. And we know one third of his net worth is Bitcoin and perhaps it was managed by a mystery company from country A. I don't know. These are super space beans, guys. That's all I got. But there they are that's amazing
3: i mean terrifying but amazing the way you laid it out um yeah it's pretty scary yeah yeah I, if it's not global warming it's gonna be this that <laughs> doesn't by 2050. yeah we could all be done by 2050 yeah yeah for sure i'm just done in general
0: <laughs> are you guys ready for sabotage yes, yes. All right, so this week we found out, just last Friday, Miller testified, and I thought he testified to Mueller's old grand jury. Turns out, Natasha Bertrand's reporting, Miller testified to a different grand jury, Mm -hmm. and he has now handed over stuff, all of his texts with Roger Stone, and so we just got to really keep an eye uh, on Miller, and that is an open and ongoing investigation. We know now from, it's actually an, an OLC memo in the Department of Justice, much like the one that says you can't indict a sitting president, that says a grand jury can't do work on a crime that's already been charged so this work that they're doing has to be for different crimes so they may or may not indict but keep miller and S- superseding stone indictments in uh-huh. your back pocket all right you guys ready for the fantasy indictment league yes i'm
4: gonna be indicted no it is gonna be a indicted. honey dick indicted honey. i'm gonna be indicted
2: that they can't it's gonna be okay just calm down i can't calm down i'm gonna
0: be excited all right guys i get to go first i'm really excited because i'm picking superseding stone indictments hell ooh. yeah
3: ooh, ooh, ooh. good call uh, uh jaleesa you're next Ooh, i will do that sereno guy soriano oh
0: okay. <laughs> soriano yep. yeah yeah do it do it hell yeah it's different from my christian pick. siriano the gown designer oh good point good point. <laughs>
1: Um, I'm going to do Miller plea deal mm Ooh, you gonna he's gonna plea? I think so. Nice. actually, he's been such an asshole, but I'm gonna hope he's gonna do a plea deal. yeah, maybe now that shit to seems so... to be
0: more real, yeah they they an got entirely more shit new on jury all right, my turn, Sullivan okay. old stone associate,
3: old Stonehenge, yeah, yeah, good. um, I will do my ex Broidy. oh, um, good one. I can't let go. good one. um I'm gonna do
1: Giuliani,
0: nice, okay that's a big one yeah. it would be worth a lot of points staying yeah. on brand there <laughs> I'm gonna go with Tony Podesta the other democrat that was lobbying along with Gregory Craig that's oh, smart wow.
3: that is smart I will take Nader nice
1: <sighs> I'm gonna do Psy Group oh
0: nice yes. along those lines I'll do XAML I'll do Joe yeah. XAML tight um, <laughs> MBZ MBZ. ooh yes nice um I'm gonna do Tomberg. Yeah, gonna- <laughs> uh I'm gonna do Malik. Okay. M-A-L-L-O-C-H.
3: Oh, in that case I'll do Because I thought that was the one you were going for. Oh, Amalik? Amalik, yeah, yeah. Uh and I'll do Kushner. Is that it? Cush. I believe so. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five. We're good. All right, cool, yes. guys. That is how
0: we play the Fantasy Indictment League. Ooh. And you can play along on our closed Facebook group. It's for patrons. You can become a patron and get our daily updates, our mini-sodes, our book clubs, our Mueller report reviews before we re- release them to the public, early access to live show tickets along with private meetups and, of course, the Fantasy Indictment League, which yes. we post every Sunday night. So head to patreon.com slash wrote Any level will get you all those things. And uh, any a higher level, we, you'll get free stuff like shirts and mugs and kisses i feel um, like uh amelie could be
3: like a, a like alias too right like Amalik trying to tell us something yeah maybe yeah yeah <laughs> sorry i am just stuck on that i'm yeah. a yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no you're not yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um then you, so sign up be a patron search facebook friends uh, co- facebook friends of justice go mm-hmm. there and search for the group friends of justice
3: yeah great group love those guys
0: yeah it's a really fun community guys mm-hmm. uh we'll be right back with the interview so stick around Muller, she wrote, is brought to you by Sagely Naturals. For years, I've tried to find a way to alleviate my stress and help me with my inconsistent sleep patterns. And then I found Sagely Naturals and their products have really made a huge difference for me. If you're feeling stressed out, which a lot of us do, and a lot of us are in this political environment, or if you're, your feet are killing you after a long day of marching or your arms are sore from smashing the patriarchy, <laughs> Sagely Naturals has CBD infused lotions, sprays, supplements, and essential oils that you can make part of your self-care plan. And we talk about that a lot on our podcast, how important it is to take care of yourself. I wasn't Sleeping really well, so I shopped their Dreamwell collection and was able to regulate how, you know, my patterns. And now I'm sleeping so much better, and I'm so like the stress level has gone down so low. I love it. Sagely Naturals was founded by two women back in 2015 who wanted to develop a superior product for self care derived from the highest quality hemp derived CBD. Sagely Naturals ensure all their products are completely THC free, so you get all the benefits of cannabis without any of the psychoactive effects. And of course, you know how we feel about sustainability. And Sagely Natural products are made with honest, plant based ingredients free from parabens, synthetic fragrance, artificial dyes, and sulfates. Sagely Natural helped me get back to doing the things I love, and I think it can help you too. So go to slash ag for 20% off your first order. That's s-a-g-e-l-y slash ag for 20% off your first order today. slash ag. You'll be glad you did. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So two weeks ago on Muller She Wrote, we spoke to God. So for equal time, joining us today is the editor of the FriendlyAtheist.com. He's a YouTuber, host of the forthcoming podcast about the Pledge of Allegiance and the separation of church and state. Please welcome the friendly atheist, Hemet Mehta. Hemet, welcome to Muller She Wrote.
2: Hello, thank you.
0: We're so glad to have you. And uh, I have a couple questions for you. Uh, I'm really interested to get your point of view on a couple of things. Uh, Recently, uh, Trump referred to the Mueller report uh, as the Bible because it exonerates him and his family. He was specifically speaking about Trump Jr. at that point, which it does not. But uh, many Trump supporters insist on going to battle over the Mueller report when they haven't even read it. And so I tweeted a while back asking why it is that folks are willing to dig their heels in about something they haven't read. And what I got was a lot of responses saying they do this with the Bible, too. (laughs) What is it about certain members of the GOP and defending things they haven't read? What's that about?
2: You know, there's there's something about taking a long, complicated document that it's one of those things you love to say you have read it without actually doing the work of reading it. And because you don't read it, you can draw whatever conclusions you want from it, and you can rest assured that a lot of other people are just going to agree with whoever sounds the most confident. And so, you know, I would argue a lot of pastors are very good at saying, whatever I'm about to say is right, and I have this book that justifies whatever it is I'm telling you. And you'll find plenty of pastors who say the exact opposite and do the exact same thing. And so I I think the Mueller report functions very much in the same way where you could, I mean, you can't argue that it doesn't say no collusion or, you know, it it obviously does say, here's all the evidence we have, here's what it does. But if you want to say that it exonerates you and you say it loudly and confidently and repeatedly, then there's a bunch of people who are going to be like, well, I don't need to read it for myself because I have these people I trust who are telling me what it says. So we're good. Yeah,
0: that's a really good point. And we did see that woman uh, in uh, Justin Amash. He's a GOP representative. He's the one guy who's come out in favor of impeachment, impeaching Trump. And there was a woman at his town hall who said, I was shocked. I had no idea there was anything bad about Trump in the Mueller report. And I think that just goes to that point.
2: There is a wonderful YouTube video that came out a couple of years ago and I think it was maybe in the Netherlands but basically a couple of guys said they were doing some sort of man on the street interviews with random people and they basically took a bible put the cover of the quran on it and they said we wanted to read you some uh passages from this holy book and we wanted to know what you think and they were there were some pretty Grotesque, violent passages. And they said, wow, what do you, what do you think about that? And these people are all saying, wow, we need to ban the religion. We need to make sure people who believe in that religion are basically, we got to keep them out of government. We got to make sure their views are not, uh, spread. And it was then they did the big reveal and they're like, oh, by the way, this is the Bible. (laughs) It's not whatever you thought it was. And you see the reactions on their face. And I think that woman you're talking about at the Amash town hall meeting, it was kind of the same thing where she has no idea what's in the document because she hasn't looked at it. And if anyone says, hey, did you know that you know, the, the the report said this or that Trump was quoted as saying this, it would come as a shock to her system and not just her. She's, she's one person, but there's too many people where they'd be like, there's no way it says that in there. Yeah. It's like, no, it, it totally does. It's on page 200, but it's in there.
0: Yeah, I remember that video. It was pretty unsettling. You could do that
2: with anything. <laughs> like, it's a constant game. I know a lot of atheists play online where if, I've seen this on Facebook, for example, where if you put a nice image of like a a woman in a meadow and a nice serene background and you just put like Psalm 12, you know, 32, chapter 12, whatever it is, it'll sound good. It'll look good and people will spread it. But only a handful of people ever look up the verse and realize it's like smash your child against the rocks.
0: (laughs) Yep, that is that is true. So I think that that does play a long a long way into it. Plus, there's also confirmation bias. People, they don't want to hear facts that that might disagree with their feelings.
2: Right, right. And it's so much easier. uh, Let's assume you're on the Trump side here. It's so much easier to say, well, he said it exonerates him and that there's no collusion. And everyone on Fox seems to think the same thing. What's what's the alternative? Reading it for yourself and realizing they're wrong? thats That's a lot of cognitive dissonance that you don't want to have to deal with. And it's so much easier to just say, I'm just going to take your word for it and continue living my life without realizing that I'm living a lie.
0: That's true. It is a lot easier. And then I think that that probably plays a plays a large role in that. So, um you're you're a huge advocate of the separation of church and state, from my understanding. And uh <laughs> I was interested in your thoughts about this new wave of anti-choice bills, anti-abortion bills coming out of red states and how you feel about any like the chances of any of them being used to overturn Roe v. Wade in the Supreme Court. Is first of all, do you think it'll make it there? And second of all, do you think that, you know, the fact that Trump has put Gorsuch and Um, Kavanaugh on there? Do you think it stands a chance?
2: You know, unfortunately, I don't have a lot of optimism that Kavanaugh or Gorsuch are going to do the thing that they're totally gonna do. Like, of course they are. That's why they have their jobs. It was an open secret, right? So yeah, I am worried that it's going to get to them. I am afraid that they are going to find a way to, if not overturn Roe v. Wade, then make it all but toothless. Um, and I'm fortunate. I live in Illinois and also I'm a, I'm a guy. This doesn't affect me as much. Um, but I live in Illinois where we're passing legislation to protect a woman's right to choose. But what really bugs me about the anti-abortion stuff, besides the fact that this is what they're trying to do is you have to go back to what is it that conservatives want so badly that they want to overturn Roe v. Wade. And I would think their answer is pretty straightforward. They want to stop people from having abortions. And the thing is, we know exactly what that takes. Uh, An online acquaintance of mine and someone who I know a lot of progressive Christians especially admired, Rachel Held Evans, she passed away uh, a couple of weeks ago. And she caused a stir in the progressive Christian world because she said And I'm paraphrasing her. She said, I am pro-life. I do want to reduce the number of abortions. That's why I'm planning to vote for Hillary Clinton in 2016, because her policies are going to reduce the number of abortions. Banning it isn't going to do the trick, but sex education will and uh, contraception access will and better health care and child care will reduce the number of abortions. And so I would think if you're really opposed to the procedure itself, we know how to reduce the number and they're choosing the worst possible way to achieve their goal to the point where it may backfire. And so even to like the, the pro-life world, it seems like all the things that are happening in state legislatures... These are the worst possible ways to, one, win people over on your side to reduce the number of abortions. And three, it could backfire in the sense that it you may be by having no exceptions to the rule, by making an arbitrary choice about when the ban can begin. Um, you're making it really hard for those conservatives to say, "Yup, I'm totally down with this. This is legal. I mean, I think they're, they're still going to do it. But what would they would have to write in that decision to say somehow this is all okay? You're making it really hard for them to write a ruling that will withstand, you know, more than a couple of years before it's overturned.
0: Yeah, totally. And it's true we have proof. We have Hardcore evidence that, you know, making contraception available and and educating folks reduces the number of abortions. So it just leads me to believe that the reason they're doing it is not to reduce abortions. It's for something else.
2: Yeah, it's to punish women. It's to punish the idea mm-hmm. of sex. And again, the way their their decisions, the state laws are being written, you're punishing sex within a marriage if a woman decides she doesn't want to have a baby at that time or something like that. I mean, again, it doesn't—the e- solution they are pr- uh, proposing doesn't even solve the problem.
0: Yeah, and it also flies in the face of smaller government.
2: Yeah, no kidding.
0: It's clear to me, and I'm with you on this, that this is just a control thing. It's They don't like the fact that women have sex or something. I, or they're I don't know. It's just—it's some morality law, which we should never have in the first place, so— um I want to switch gears here and ask you where you are because we're going to, I want to get back to the Mueller stuff and uh, his the release of his report, what's going on in Congress right now, and I wanted to ask where you are in the impeachment argument because we learned today Jerry Nadler, the chair of the House Judiciary Committee, is now in favor of an impeachment inquiry and trying to push Nancy Pelosi into backing him. Uh, to open an impeachment hearing in in his committee, the Judiciary Committee, which could bolster the legal grounds for like their subpoenas, make it easier for them to get their materials and their evidence. But it would centralize all Trump investigations, possibly into the Judiciary Committee, freeing up the other committees to you know pass legislation. So I was wondering where you stand on opening an impeachment qu- uh, inquiry, given knowing that the Senate will probably never convict and remove him.
2: I know the Senate will never do the right thing right now under Republican rule. So look, I am absolutely for the impeachment proceedings. This is something that I think Elizabeth Warren said this week during her town hall on MSNBC, where she was saying, uh, I believe she was saying, yes, of course we should uh, get rid of the Hyde Amendment, and that may may be a politically uh, risky thing to say. But I think her response to that was, but it's the right thing to do. And so if you're convicted and you're passionate about this thing and you're Aiming in the right direction, regardless of what the political ramifications might be, you're gonna find a surprising groundswell of support. And I feel the same way about the impeachment thing. I really don't buy the logic that starting impeachment proceedings or actually impeaching him in the House, that these things are somehow going to backfire uh when it's when we've suffered through whatever, two to three years of nonstop insanity. If anyone deserves to be impeached, it's this guy. And so by all means, start the proceedings, uh, show the world, show the country anyway, that like Democrats can have the judiciary focusing on the impeachment question while everyone else is doing work. I mean, how many bills are there that the House has already passed that are just sitting there waiting for Mitch McConnell to give it a green light? So you have to do it because it's the right thing to do because the country deserves that full investigation. It's, it's bizarre to me that Pelosi would say, "Yeah, no, I'm th- I don't know that we're ready for that. No, we've been ready for that for a long time. And maybe there's some strategy that she has in mind. But I don't know what that strategy is. Yeah, I
0: think it's just that whole myth that, uh, like you said, uh, they're worried that opening an impeachment inquiry will backfire on them uh, politically, which I there's no proof of that. What do they think is going to happen
2: if they don't uh, open the inquiry? Like, Trump's going to just use that as well. They had nothing on me, so that's why they didn't do it. They're going to spin everything as a victory, and they're going to spin everything as we're the victims of a witch hunt. So why? what's holding you back at this point? Because you could do a full investigation, uh, come back and say, you know what, we did everything we could, and we got nothing on this guy. Or you could come back and say, oh, man, we have smoking guns left and right and the trump side is going to spin it the same way so if you're worried about the backlash it doesn't matter what you do you're going to get backlash because they already are they've already written the script so at this point what are what the only thing you're doing is withholding the truth or an investigation of the truth that is bizarre to me it's the same thing that like i've heard people say certain democratic candidates like well we can't Uh, vote for Elizabeth Warren because, well, they would go after her for X, Y, and Z. You could have the primary winner be a totally anonymous, like, cardboard cutout of an ideal Democratic candidate. And that person's going to get ripped apart by the right because that's what they do. So this idea that we should avoid an investigation because it might lead to backlash you could sit on your hands and you're going to get backlash.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And then also another argument is that it'll divide the country.
2: And you know what? More than going on Fox News to try to reach a different audience, doing the investigation and saying, we did it, we did it the right way, this is what we found, I think if anything, you get a chance of getting at least some of those uh, people who voted for Trump in 2016 to open their eyes and say, oh crap, I missed all of this, like that lady um, maybe you get a chance of opening some of them up, and if you can convince a few of those people that wow, we we totally were on the wrong side about this stuff.
0: Yeah, it, totally. And also, you know, we have the argument: well, if we wait until after the election uh, and we f- are able to flip the Senate and he somehow gets reelected, we'll have the Senate. But you you still need two thirds to convict and remove after impeachment, and we won't have that. I don't think. I don't even think there's a mathematical way to get two thirds of the Senate back uh, in in the next election. So that's
2: moot. I mean, again, don't don't do it because you think the process will result in the end. It's the same. Look, Democrats, what was their H.R. one in this Congress? It was that whole huge bill on election rights and protecting uh, voting rights, right, for the whole country. They passed. It was a big freaking deal. And it's um, it's such it's a good bill relative to what we have now. And they've done that over and over with a whole slew. of Didn't they just pass the the Dreamer, uh, the thing to protect the people under DACA? They're doing all that stuff because it sends a message that if you give us the power to pass this stuff in the Senate and the White House, look at what we have in store for you. No one's saying, well, Democrats should just sit down and do nothing and go home for the next couple of years. Until the election? No, because by doing stuff, they're saying this is the country we want to live in. So give us a little more power so we can actually make it happen. Same thing with the investigation here. Open up the impeachment proceedings. Do the work you need to do. Show them you take the impeachment hearings seriously because we've seen what happens when Republicans are in charge of some of these hearings. They're all little show trials, you know. And show people, look, this is what happens when you put responsible people in the room who take their job seriously. Um, I, I don't know if you felt the same way, but I, I know I felt this way when you see someone like uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez go into any hearing. She does a really good job of preparing for whatever mundane thing she's supposed to ask questions about, and and a, no- a number of Democrats do the same thing. They ask really good, hard-hitting questions. And a lot of times those become stories in their own right. And I wasn't surprised by that because I I understood what type of politicians they were. They were serious about getting work done. And then you see people who ask questions on both sides, by the way, that are very chummy, that are just like, hi, how are you? Let's give you a softball question to just make you feel better. And it's pointless it's like, no, I want the people in there who are gonna do the research and ask tough questions because those are the people who need to be in government.
0: Yeah, and I really love your point there too, you know, where you're saying, look, these, these a lot of these people against impeachment are saying, you know, there's there's no point in doing it. Um, we shouldn't impeach him because the Senate'll never convict. That'll be like saying that would be like saying we shouldn't pass any bills then because the Senate's not gonna vote on them.
2: And by the way, as, as someone who is an atheist activist online. I have a firm take on the God question. I don't know how many people, I'm never going to convince everybody. I don't think I'm going to convince like a ton of people that I'm necessarily right about the issue. But this is something I feel very strongly about. And I want to share my opinions on these issues. And by putting it out there, and, and I've heard this from bloggers and people on YouTube, anyone who takes a position on any issue uh, even ones who oppose me. I think the response has always been the same, which is to say, yeah, I get plenty of backlash. There are always going to be people who react and respond and don't like what I have to say. But we always get messages from people who say, I never thought about it that way. But listening to you convinced me that I was wrong and, or it got me thinking about this issue a little more closely. And this is down the line. Anyone who has done this for any length of time has almost certainly gotten a message like that because when you're confident and you know you're right about this issue, whatever that issue is, that is infectious in the best possible way. And people need to see that and they need to hear that. And sometimes if you could present it in a way that will connect with them, yeah, they will come, they'll come on your side eventually. And, but you don't know how many people, and you don't know when it's going to happen. So all you can do is to say, "I feel strongly about this, so let me make my case."
0: Yeah, that's a good point, And I'm one of those people. Uh, I used to, you know, prior to the Mueller report coming out, prior to the, you know, the Flynn voicemail, prior to the Flynn documents and his sentencing memos being unredacted, or, you know, uh, unredacted for the public view, I, I, w- I was in the boat with Pelosi, saying, "Nah, you know what? It could just be too politically risky." And, uh, you know, we don't want to blow up the election. We have to get him out of office. And if 2020, as soon as we can do it, we can do it. Then that's what we should. That's what we need to do. But after speaking to many experts, uh, many friends of mine, a lot of folks who I've had on the show and after the Mueller report came out, of course, with the you know, all the instances of obstruction of justice. And uh, I I changed my mind. I, it 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 is possible. It does happen with people once you know, once they become more educated about a subject to change their mind. And so I think that that also, you're right, lends to the importance of just saying what we
2: believe is to be true. And can you imagine what sort of reaction from progressives, from the people who are going to vote for Democrats in the freaking midterms, you know, like, what would the reaction be if they're saying, well, we have all the information we need, but it's politically risky. So let's not touch it. It's like, no, what's the why would I vote for you? you're not giving me the incentive to work my butt off to get you elected and get everyone I know to vote for you. When, what are we going to say? Well, we elected them. And then they, they were yeah. like, well, it's never going to work. So let's not do it. It's like such an, it's such the opposite from, you know, hope <laughs> or whatever slogan inspirational slogan you want to give. It, it's just a, well, let's throw our hands up in the air and surrender because well, we don't have all the power, but like you can shape people's convictions.
0: Yeah. And that was actually the turning point for me. So uh, so many people saying, you know, I understand that you're worried about the implications of a failed impeachment, but you need to think hard about the implications of not impeaching or not even opening an inquiry and how that looks and what what message that sends.
2: And that is such an important thing. Like, show me what you would do if we gave you even more power. Because, again, if you're passing all these bills that are going to change the country for the better, like, wow, I want to do everything I can to make sure, at least in my community, we're electing as many progressives as possible. So, yeah, like, do your job.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, you know, when we do these things like pass the Dreamers Act and they don't get taken up in the Senate, that will... Affect the Republicans in, in the election. And I think, you know, if you open an impeachment inquiry and, and it makes it to the Senate and they don't vote to convict, then they are going on the record as having that stance.
2: Think about the political ads you get when you say, hey, my party passed this, 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 and this. Their party refused to even consider it. Um, I believe, I, if I heard yeah. right today, uh, Wendy Davis said she's jumping in a congressional race in Texas and obviously she's she's big on abortion rights and she's up against one of the most conservative guys in Texas whose biggest claim to fame in the past month is blocking the bill to help struggling communities after a natural disaster. Obvi like I have no doubt, knowing nothing about her campaign itself, that oh my God, those political ads write themselves. Because when you have a do-nothing person in Congress, like, oh, my God, it's so easy to just tell the, tell your district, look at what happens when you elect this yeah. guy.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, and I think it's going to make a big difference in 2020, um, not just the legislation, but you know, whether or not we open an impeachment inquiry. So I really appreciate you coming on today, uh, Hemant, if you could tell everyone uh, where they can find your upcoming podcast or where they can go to find um, you know, your, your, your stuff online.
2: Sure. So my biggest uh, uh, thing I do is writing for FriendlyAtheist.com. Everything I do, you can find on there. And the podcast, which is all about this deep dive into the Pledge of Allegiance, will be coming out in in a couple of months. But uh, there'll be more information on that at ChurchStateSeparationPodcast.com, which will be up and running shortly.
0: Great. That's so awesome. I really appreciate you coming on today. Uh, Thanks again.
2: Thank you so much. Have a good one. It's nice to talk to you. All right, guys, that is our show. What a fun interview he was. Yeah, I
0: really like that. Haven't Mm -hmm. met a guy. He's really a cool dude. Definitely atheist, right? Yes, Um. yes. Or a closeted (laughs)
3: religious person. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't determined that yet.
0: Yeah, no, I I didn't actually ask that hard-hitting question. (laughs) I kind of hinted that I might, but I did not. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, guys, that's it. Do you guys have any final thoughts?
1: Uh, thank you for buying tickets to our live shows. If you're in San Francisco, I think you should probably try buying a ticket because it sounds like they might sell out. If our VIP one sold out that
0: fast, yeah, yeah, and it's a relatively small venue, so get Mm them. Even though it's August 30th, you know, make plans now. Yeah, why
3: not? Make some plans. We'll look forward to it. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Into that
0: city, and so the city. I haven't been there in so long. (laughs) Somebody was like, "Gosh, for never having been there, you sure know a lot about not calling it San Fran and how we like (laughs) to be called the city and how we all go." thank you for you telling do. me i had no idea <laughs> yeah or frisco mm, don't do, do oh, that no. Frisky I, frisco i learned all, i learned all that from eddie izzard to be mm. fair oh. he, he does all of that in his when he goes to san francisco <laughs> oh, the city. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyway guys i've had a really wonderful time I, I hope you guys are doing well if you need to take a break take a break come back we got your back and take care of yourselves take care of one another i've been ag i've been jaleesa johnson i've been jordan coburn and this is muller she wrote the SW okay. media